The TV license fee is changing. ITV is doing much better. Thank you very much. Harrison Ford is coming back to Blade Runner. And we discuss House of Cards Season 3. All that and more. This is The Airwaves. My internet connection is hanging by a thread. It's midweek, so the news is coming thick and fast, and it's the airwaves. This is the show that examines the week's news from the media sector. We're on Wednesday this week, so all the stuff that's gone on to try and stop the show has been my fault. I apologise in advance for bad call quality from my co-host. It's not their fault. Speaking of his fault, first up, Tony Blunt. How is it going, sir, with you and your business? Very, very good. Um... No ill effect from uh, that Saturday night. Uh, That's what encounter. we like to hear. I'm, yeah. I made a short, sharp exit. So. Yes, yes. But it was still. You know. I thought it was hilarious that you guys were actually still there when I walked in my yes. front door. So, uh, yeah. Pretty, this is how you do it. This you, is you're yeah. very proud of that, weren't you? I was very proud. I had such a huge smile on my face when I walked through the door because of my the the unmitigated catastrophe that was last time we won't go into that speaking of um unmitigated catastrophe. No. <laughs> speaking of fantastic jobs when it comes to presenting last week's show alex g fox how are you doing sir thank you very much for uh, for uh, putting it all together for me last no, week it's a pleasure. um yeah things are all right um it's been a bit busy which yeah, it's only a good thing. To, yeah, it, it's a good thing, but I'm I'm just not obviously. It's like working out; you need to get used to it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, weekend. We, I mean, for those that don't know, we had a brilliant time. We certainly did. And for all those people that took five hours to get home or had to find a hotel, it took me twenty <laughs> minutes. Took me twenty minutes door to door, mate. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> and that's why I live in London. I tell you, the first thing I I, I experienced was. Um, on on the way uh, on the way out of the beer house, instead of turning left, uh, t- instead of turning right, hey Gacy, I actually turned left. So I had to stop a very nice London gentleman and say, "Excuse me, mate, um, which direction is Tower Hill Station?" He said, "Oh, it's back that way, mate." So, oh, brilliant. So I walked back past the Bavarian beer house, and suddenly the heavens open. Yeah, and um. And of course, our, lo- our our closest exit is all boarded up at the moment. So you had to go all the way. Around. I had to go all the way round. I was soaked by the time I got down into the into the thing because they closed part of the central line. Honestly, yeah. So the bits that I didn't use, thankfully, the bits that I have to use. <laughs> I've got a wonderful picture of. Um, there were some girls doing some model shoots at midnight. In, um, I saw those. Was this all standing on the? Yeah, but there, there was a few of them. But I decided I didn't want to get dragged into it too much. And they were in Mile End Station. Really? Mile End Station stays open to about one half past one. Yeah, and they were all doing their weird modelling stuff. It's strange and what you'll see. I in sort the of got of the night. involved. 
But then I, my train came and I said, I'm sorry, girls, you'll have to find another photographer at quarter past 12 in a mm. train station in the middle of London. Brilliant. Brilliant. But I got a nice picture. I got a few nice pictures. You did. You did. I saw, I saw at least one of them. Yeah, I, I, I kept the more exciting ones to myself. Excellent work. Excellent work. Well, <laughs> a thoroughly nice time was had by all, and we all got to meet uh, Mr. Richard Harkness in person mm. for the first time. Yeah, what time. a guy, eh? He certainly was. He said partook of the local, um, the Stuff. local fair, our yeah, local German fair. That yeah. doesn't work, does it? Yeah. No, the local we German dragged f- him along a boat on the river. We did it all, didn't we? Yeah. Then we took him out to Docklands, and then we let Carl tell us when to get off the bus, so we oh. had to walk an extra mile and a half. Dear but at me. least he was a classic route master, not yeah. one of them. Oh, that, you know what? I mean, I've got nothing to do with this. Got nothing in media, but who cares? <laughs> we got on a. F- 50-year-old mm. London Routemaster bus. And I had a great weekend, but I know it's that silly, but that was the highlight of my entire weekend, getting on that bus. It was yeah. good, actually, because as as buses go, it, it, it was nice that that bus was the first bus I'd got on in almost 20 years. Yeah, and it was still 30 years older than you. It, yeah, yeah. Wonderful. which is no, strange. Great. But there you I go. really enjoyed it. Great weekend. Look, anyone, next time we're having one, I'll tell you, we should do a... A Beano to London and all these people that listen to this wonderful mess that we produce, they should all come because we do have a great time. We do have a great time, yes. Yeah. Indeed, indeed. Right, as I've stopped confusing myself there, let us move into the industry. No long-term future for the BBC licence, MPs say. This story from the BBC. The TV licence does not have a long-term future and is likely to be replaced by a new levy within 15 years, a group of MPs has said. Isn't that where you drive your Chevy? (laughs) (laughs) You you took the Chevy to the levy. The levy was dry. dry. Yes. The fear is becoming harder and harder to justify, given changes in the media, according to the House of Commons Culture, Media and Sport Committee. The MP suggested every household could pay a new compulsory levy instead. The BBC does not agree that the fee will have to be replaced, but it accepts it will probably have to be modernised. So you'll be able to pay by PayPal instead of just direct debit. Uh, The select committee's proposals were made in a new report about the future of the BBC. Um... BBC is going to be there a lot longer than those MPs. Indeed. So So basically turn it into a tax, even for the people that don't pay it now because they may not have a TV internet. As far as this looks to me, you you have to pay for a TV licence. How do you modernise how you pay for something? I owe I owe the TV licensing board a hundred and how much, however many it is forty five one hundred and forty five quid a year, right? So micro transactions in an app, maybe the iPlayer app. I think well, they're working on the point. I right? wouldn't be surprised if they did something like. Can you still that. get a black and white TV license? For no, no. Recently, they got away. Oh, with such it. a shame. I'd love to have owned a black and white yeah. TV license. Yeah, but um, until no. So it was quite recently that that's what every student in the country did. They had a black and white TV. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, what they're trying to say is, if you make it, well, what they want to do, they want to, one, at the moment, is if you do have a TV and you don't have a license, it's a criminal Mm. thing. Yeah, well, that's that's fair enough. But the reason a lot of people don't get prosecuted for it, because it's so expensive to prosecute something for a criminal charge. Sure. So the first thing you want to do is you want to make it a civil thing rather than a criminal thing. Because mm. so then you can just say, here's a 50 quid fine, 
only go to court if you want to argue about it. Well, they and, did that, didn't they? Or they yeah, were but it's still, it. It, yeah, and they're still, they just basically messed the whole thing up. And mm. if you make it um, a license, then you have a choice to whether to have that license or not. Mm. If you sure. make it, like, everyone in this country has the use of the TV. So at the moment, I mean, it sort of makes sense to me that say you're a taxpayer, right? Um, if you added per household, right? Say half the households in this country have a TV license. Mm. I'm not saying half the households don't uh, don't use it. I'm just saying only half the households pay for it, right? So then, in other words, if everyone in the country paid a uh, household paid for it, you could half the TV license. So that would be on today's price is seventy two pound fifty, right? Now, if you said to them. Okay, so instead of every household paying it, every person of working age pays for it. Then every person of working age, you could probably bring it down to £20 a year for mm. everyone at work. So why not just load £20 per year, that's all, on everybody's <laughs> income tax or for whatever it is, mm. which yeah. will be you can now do away with yeah. the licence fee and everyone will just pay £20 a year if you're working and therefore, like a national insurance but it will be your mm. your BBC fund or whatever, you know, whatever they call it. And that does make more sense because of for 20 quid a year, people aren't going to even care. They would probably make considerably more out of that, I would have thought, wouldn't yeah, they? Yeah, but mm. I mean, the BBC at the moment is currently massively underfunded. Okay? Yeah. 20, it's been frozen for how many years? Yeah, and it's been yeah. frozen and they've been asked to do so much more with it. Yeah. Now, I personally would be really annoyed if the BBC... No, changes because of mm. I mean we're coming on to it later other TV companies over recent years have upped their game because of the BBC and it benefits everybody so look I mean they're talking about modernising it this and the other look fine uh, maybe you have one tiered BBC if you want everything and one tier if you don't want TV, but you want to use the internet services. Yeah. Or- so if if you if you've just got a TV and you want to watch the you want to watch the channels, but you, you're not so bothered about the iPlayer. Yeah, so maybe yeah. you have to log in. Sure, you know, sure. and then everyone actually has logging to log in. in logging into the iPlayer is something I would I would prefer actually because then it would allow me. We're to coming, cre- we're coming yeah. to that later. So. Indeed, then you yeah. treat it like Netflix, if Spotify, it was tre- yeah. and all the other services, don't sure, you? Sure, sure. I mean, I mean, if anything, it it sounds to me like where the modernisation is needed is more in the corporate structure, mm. the sort of you know, management rather than the actual, you know, the licence fee or you know where it's you know, maybe where it's used to an extent. But mm. you know. mm. in fact, let's move on to that. Um, Tony yeah. Hall paves the way for a more personalised My BBC Revolution. That was the thing you were, um, yeah. You were looking at Tony Hall, the director of uh, the BBC, has set out his vision for a more personalised BBC in the digital era, which he says would let the audience become schedulers and has dubbed the My BBC Revolution, that's camel case for those in the those in the programming sphere uh, speaking at New Broadcasting House in London today. Hall said the BBC has been at the forefront of digital innovation for the past 20 years, combining editorial and digital expertise to help change how, when and where people read stories, listen to programmes and catch up on favourite shows. The next initiative has been designed to overhaul the BBC's online service with a focus on the user. Internally, the initiative has been dubbed My BBC using viewers' personal data, said Hall, uh, would enable the corporation to guide them to the best 
of the BBC's content and to reinvent public service broadcasting through data. So this is, you could possibly boil this down to say, well, it's it's Netflixizing the um, yeah recommendations, the, the iPlayer, and all which I think is a fantastic yeah. idea. Hmm. You, 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 you can do this if you jump through hoops already. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you've but, got things like the playlister as well already. Yeah, you? sure. Well, this is the point. I mean, I, I've done. I mean, I can tell people because I've finished doing it. But I did a lot of work with playlister. Mm. I did a lot of work with the original playlister and the original uh, testing for playlister, which was all to do with classical music. Um, that was over a year ago now, and that was all to build up to a situation where the TV, the radio, everything you want is all at your fingertips and it makes perfect sense. At the moment, I go onto iPlayer and I I don't look at channels anymore. The first thing I do is I flick on categories and I work my way backwards that way. Um, It just means I could could know that I particularly like um, art history programs or whatever and I have a list and it just recognises what I like and it will say... It won't be a because you watched. I'll tell you what I want. Mm. I'll yeah, say, it's, actually, it's, I'm interested. Yeah. If anything new by Lucy Worsley is coming up, let me know. Yeah, yeah. it would be great because I, I uh, in the past, I've nearly, um, you know, brand new series of, uh, I mean, I'll, it only happened once because he tend to, tends to tweet about them these days, but a brand new series of James May's Man Lab comes on the television and I've got... I've got approximately 20 minutes to get hold of the latest episode before it goes off the iPlayer. It would be nice if I could receive perhaps, you know, perhaps a a weekly digest of everything I'm, I'm, I'm interested in. I mean, I do what's coming up next week, next month, whatever. Sure. I do this via email with them anyway, but it's just, but it's just, uh, Mm. you know, crossing the T's and dotting the I's. It's making it easier for the user though, I think is the most important thing. I was just about to say this because, you know, as sort of fairly technical users, you know, we are used to doing this kind of process, whereas people are used to going into the iPlayer, probably just, you know, doing the look at the channels. Oh, here's the, here's the recommendations. Here's the top viewed things on that channel. Yeah. Mm. You know, but, it's, uh, it's changing the way that the sort of more average user that, you know, the yeah, I mean, the TiVo it. ones do it with a, you know, a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Sure. Or builds it up. Yeah. But, you know, there is lots of ways of doing it, but we are becoming really, really used to being recommended. And the algorithms of recommendations are so much better now. If, now, say, Netflix recommends something to me, I tell you, nine times out of ten, yeah, you're gonna watch enjoy it, it and go, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm really glad you told me about yeah, that. Because it's like having a good mate that... <laughs> You always talk to about your... I'll tell you what it's like. Having a good mate that you talk to about what you watch, but knows a lot more about it than you. <laughs> so it's not like your mate that only watches what you does. He, he's, he's, he knows that that program, it sounds really dull, that horizon, but actually that's right down your... And it, it works really well. And um, uh, Look, I, I know it sounds silly, but in my belief, if the BBC are going to do it, it's going to work. That's, gen- that's generally true, I yeah. think. Yeah. And then uh, in a year's History time, will bear out on that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, in a year's time, everyone else will copy it. Indeed, yeah. indeed. Well, they are actually, um, they are actually, gonna, they're spending less. In fact, they they have achieved 
they have achieved a bit of a mission that they were on, weren't they? Because they were trying to cut spending. Uh, BBC spends 29% less on top star pay. The story also from the BBC. You see the BBC reporting on things that the BBC is doing. It's Inception reporting, this is. Inception journal. Yeah, but they also tell, tell themselves off, which none of the others do. They certainly do, yeah. Sometimes yeah. you think it's self-flagellation the way they carry on. <laughs> <laughs> the BBC has spent 29% less on stars, earning more than 100,000 over over the past five years. An independent review has revealed uh, overall spending on talent, those with an on-air, on-screen presence, was down 15% from 221 million to 188 million. And they're all on ITV now. They certainly at well, war, or in Jake Humphrey's case, they're on BT Sport or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, the review said the BBC had made vast improvements in managing talent pay. So, and, and yeah, probably still one of their bigger paid, I'd argue, stars. Jeremy Clarkson is still f- firmly there. He's still firmly there at the top, probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But then again, you you know, you've had people like Jake Humphrey, you know, uh, Martin Brundle, yeah. Chris Moyles have got you know left the sort of BBC. Sphere, you know, Jonathan Ross wasn't he on saying yes, like five million a year? Yeah, he was. He was on. He was on a a hell of a lot. But I think um, Top Gear, like it or loathe it, sells across the world. It brings the money in. (laughs) It certainly it brings the money in. It brings the viewers in. I'm sure that the various dramas and things that they put on, um, like Casual Vacancy, I know for a fact is after Top Gear. On um, mm. on BBC Two on a Sunday night, and I'm sure that has increased viewing numbers because a lot of people would think, "Oh, it's Casual Vacancy next after Top Gear. I'm going to watch that now." You also got to remember, I mean, what's Top Gear cost to make? It's three people and uh, three stars, a few body cards, and uh, yeah, few, um, yeah, a few smashed up Toyotas. Normally, it's, it's not expensive. Yeah. Is yeah. It? It's not like they have to pay. I'm not sure they have to pay to actually get the cars. I think most car companies are. Happy for the free yeah. advertising. I still think its days are very numbered. They are in its previous form. Now, it, I mean, we'll, we'll get on to what Top Gear has become in our, mm. what we've been watching, reading, and listening segment. How have you? I didn't even notice anyone wrote down Top Gear. I did. I did. My internet connection is so so slow, it's only just I, I, reached. I only got the T. It's only <laughs> just reached the T. Yeah, it's just finished making the T, um, so to speak. Uh, right, well, from the BBC, from a very BBC-heavy beginning of the episode, uh, which is which is not, not a bad thing, to um, ITV profits rise after strong performance. This story from... Those three golden letters, the BBC. <laughs> Commercial broadcaster ITV, home of Downton Abbey, has reported a big rise in profits for 2014. Pre-tax profits, including exceptional items, rose 39% to $605 million for the year to 31st of December. ITV delivered another strong performance in 2014 said chief executive adam crozier all parts of the business are progressing well so things things are looking up at uh, at old old channel three aren't they yeah but they're they're, they're you know they're putting together yeah you know, i mean something like doubt and that but they, they are putting together some if you like bbc-esque shows yeah. there's a few things i've watched and or i've seen them about to come on and you know some historical drama or something and i've gone oh when that's on, and I'm, I'm looking through the paper down the BBC listings, and my yeah. wife says, "No, that's on ITV." And I, what? Well, quite and famously, like, oh. quite famously, your your favourite um, 
Oh, what's it called? It's always me, so I'm enjoying that. What's it called? It's got, um, what's his name? He lives in, he lives in Dorset. Mm-hmm. Detective bloke. War. Honeysuckle Weeks. Yeah, keep going. Um, Starts with Foils? F. Foils War. <laughs> Foils War is an ITV invention. Exactly. Yeah, so, well, there you go. No, I mean, they have really, they're, they're, I think they've gone, oh, you know what, there's, um, there's Channel 4 and Channel 5 and a host of other sort of, shall we say, more, uh, smaller, it's nice as well, but smaller um, channels that can take on all this rubbish. Take Because ITV were, you know, they, they showed Bond every other hour. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah. But they got their, they've got their other channels that must be doing quite the well. popular well. classic I, musical yeah. group. <laughs> I mean, I watch ITV3 and ITV4 probably much more than I watch ITV. Yeah, I'd have to say the same because... ITV I'm still watching the yeah. yeah, I'm still watching the adverts and yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean, I mean, if they if they out horrible, but that's, yeah. that's beside the point. Say if they sorted out their sort of online player, they're on demand. Well, yeah, yeah but you can get to it from BBC now. So that's yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, it's, it is it is yeah. surprising though, considering that you know their chief executives, some of the messages made of other businesses in his past. Yeah, yeah. Don't, let him, hold, don't get, let him get hold of the post office or the football association. We have exactly. spoken of Adam Crozier in the past. Yeah, exactly. yes. probably got a lawsuit last time. Probably. Um, yeah, I mean ITV. Yeah, I mean ITV daytime. It's still, I mean, painful. Doesn't come close. I accidentally turned on a TV that my wife must have been watching ITV, and there was uh, Philip Schofield and. That girl that's engaged Holly Willoughby. To, no, the one that's engaged to the footballer. Um, I can't remember her name. She used to do the ice skating thing. I think she took Holly Willoughby's place in the ice skating show. I can't remember her name. Christine Bleakley? Blakely, Blakely? Christy Bleakley? Blakely? Yes. Oh, she was the one. No, she was the one who was with uh, the guy from Working Lunch. And they originally did the one show. I'm full of such use. Yes, of course she was. Yeah, yes, yes, and and seems. they went over to ITV, bombed hilariously, and yes. sank without trace. Right now she does this thing. Um, she was on this thing with Philip Schofield, like the daytime program. Right, and they were basically. I mean, if it's okay for ITV during the day, it's okay for now. They were doing the whole program on bondage techniques. I mean, it must have been something to do with Fifty Shades <laughs> is this, Grey. Or, is this the one I saw. I saw about it on Weekly White because. You know, Charlie Brooker did his little skit on it. I haven't seen Weekly Work this so, week. Yeah. But I just, like, I was like, if this is what, uh, it's that thing where all the women shout at people and tell everyone how much they hate men. That lunch, women's, no, what's it called? The View? That's, that's, American, that's, that's an American thing. Oh, Loose Women, you're right, there you go, Loose Women. I mean, uh, look, I don't, maybe, I don't know. I don't know many women that would particularly want to listen to that. But anyway, my point was, I saw ITV during the day and I was like, have I gone into the twilight zone or something? It was really, really odd. I mean, odd in a not a very pleasant way. And um, so the evenings are getting better. The high-end stuff is getting better, but they still really want to be Jerry Springer at heart. Well, they have to They have to cater for the the midday crowd, don't they? I don't know. Who I don't know how to, I don't know how to put it without sounding offensive. Say, I don't because know BBC, what would watch that stuff. Yeah. Because on BBC, you get yeah, the things like the game shows in the mid-sort of afternoon, don't you? You know, 
I mean, I've, I've been down to gym and it's been on the sort of screens there. You've got that new quiz with Mark Williams and things like that. I tell you what, I turned that on the other day and my wife said, what the hell is that? Yeah. Mark yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, like, I love him as a person, as an actor, but I don't rate him as a quiz show presenter. No, he, you know, the best thing he did other than the fast show. He did that. Um, it was in Red Dust- Dwarf. Industrial, industrial Revelations. Oh, yes. Yeah, that was fantastic. <laughs> well, stick, he looks so bad in a suit. Mm. He oh, looks like yeah. someone, his mum's made him wear it. <laughs> so his first day at new school, right? And his mum said, right, you've got to get that uniform for three years, right? Yeah. I was just like, oh, I felt so sorry for him. And you know what? Some people facial hair just doesn't work on. Yeah. Lovely guy, but this is getting to bits. That's the thing. It's like you get, you know, BBC cover for that sort of thing in the whole, you know, then you can go to Channel 4 for, for more quiz, I suppose, and the sort of location, location. Yeah, isn't stuff. that what Challenge TV is for? <laughs> yeah. That's the game shows, yeah. Yeah, but this is the point. I mean, I don't quite get why. You get different things. You know. Daytime telly on ITV is profoundly terrible. But if you watch their ITV I don't even know what's on ITV2. I'm not even sure where the button is. Yeah. But ITV3 and ITV4, you've got, you've basically got their old Sunday evening entertainment, but run during the day. Even BBC2 is running that now because they run things like Heidi High. um, Oh, see, they're on Sunday, aren't they? No, during the day because I saw. Daytime in the afternoon. Yeah. To the Manor Bourne. Yeah. Oh, dear. Sort of all all these sort of. You know, sitcoms and things like that. But the thing is, you know, when we were younger, well, I was younger, you weren't born. Well, you know, yeah. we, people used to moan about, oh, we're paying for all these repeats and what have you. We've become <laughs> so do, used to it and nostalgic that I want repeats, but I'm quite happy for them to have whole channels of repeats. I mean, I'm really happy. Yeah, I mean, we do so have far. repeats channels. It's the yeah, most famous one. It's called Dave. Dave. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but that's, it's the thing, isn't it? We used to moan about it. But when it comes down to it, that's what we want. If something was good 20 years ago, it's still good now. Indeed. Except for, did I watch a bit of today? Was it called Three Up, Two Down or something? Or two oh, God. Which had Henry Jones's mum. You know the one that was in my chapel? His mum that was actually... In um, to the Manor Ball and played the friend. I can't remember her name because she's not Pimpy Jones, but she was in this with uh, Michael Elphick mm. and uh, the one really gorgeous girl. I can't think of their name anyway, but you know, that's what's sort of but that's okay. I mean, but ITV, I mean, I know I, I know, this isn't much of a story, so let's waffle on about nostalgia, <laughs> but you know, repeats. I, I, I haven't got a problem with them, you know. Oh. I've no problem with it. I never did. As long as... Th- because now we've got the space to have repeats and new stuff. You can't moan about not having new stuff. It doesn't mean you have to actually watch it. It just means you don't have anything to moan about now because you can watch the old stuff but not moan about not having new stuff even if you don't want to watch it. Yeah. I, t- I tell you what, the, the only channel I will watch sort of midday or at least try and watch midday is, is Yesterday. That's a really good channel. You know? It's it's really good. It will always have something interesting, something to, yeah. y- you know. It's it's not a the, the, it's not a game show. It's not some silly, you know, a bunch of expensive expensive it? individuals want to um, do this, that, and, and the other with their house, or they want to made have a house completely made out of grass or something like that. They they put on 
all kinds of documentaries. There's time teams on that, isn't it? There, there's time team on it occasionally. There's, yeah. I mean, the um, stuff like you know, the I think they reran, they do, they they rerun entire series like the you know some things like the Nazis are a warning from history, things like that. Yeah, yeah, they, they, they some are of these like really the great classic stuff, classic yeah. documentary series. But there's a few. There's like watch. You know, there's things like watch. Now I don't know if that's on Freeview or not. I've watch. got a feeling watch yeah. might not be on Freeview. Don't no, think it is. It might be on FreeSat. Okay, but it's one of those. There's loads of these channels that I reckon they should do some sort of tier of Freeview. We've got Freeview Plus, but Freeview something where you maybe pay, say, a fiver a month, because there's a couple of these other channels that are they're repeat channels, but they're repeats on certain subjects. So watch is the type of thing where you get all the old Doctor Who's or what have you. Mm. Or, I mean, old Doctor Who's, but Doctor Who's of this generation, not like the horror channel where they're old Who's from 40 years ago. Um, there's a few of them. Like I say, I mean, watch or whatever, that will be owned by BBC ITV. A lot of these channels, and another thing ITV aren't saying here, a lot of probably <laughs> the, the money that they're getting is from the subsidiary channels that are jointly owned between BBC and mm. ITV. The things and, like and yesterday that slice and what, of the license fee. Yes. Yeah. BBC, uh, I mean, Watch and I think UK, all the UK TV groups. Um, it's in, they're an incestuous bunch, aren't they? Well, they're well, they're, they're they'll all joined at hip anyway through the license fee. Yeah, yeah. If you're a main provider of TV, you're only licensed to be a main provider. You don't, you know, I, I don't you remember when ITV was a London, it was LWT for 700 years and all of a sudden <laughs> Colton took over and all around yeah. the country everyone lost their idea we all going oh no what's going to happen mm. and all that happened they changed the name but <laughs> we were yeah. all really panicking thinking oh no we've had LWT for 700 years we need we don't want it to change but you know they're all they're all the same people and they're the same producers and they're the same actors and the same writers apart from daytime TV and ITV and like I said I think they all come from the twilight zone mm. Indeed, indeed. Well, everyone's doing well. The BBC's doing well. ITV's doing well. Everyone's doing well, and we're all because we've got no money to go out anymore. We because, want to yeah, yeah, to we're all staying at home. The only person who's suffering is the pubs. Yes, and that's a bad. But not thing. that beer house we went to. They're doing quite no. well, thank you very much. That was packed. They can all take the next six weeks off after what we spent in there. It was packed, very loud, and sold some magnificent ale. Or. German lager or whatever it was that I was drinking. Anyway, let's move on to the movies. Blade Runner sequel will see the return of Harrison Ford. Well, I've seen it all. This story from Polygon.com. The long-awaited sequel to Ridley Scott's Blade Runner will see the return of Harrison Ford, Alcon Entertainment confirmed today. In an announcement from the production company's co-founders, Andrew Kosov and Broderick Johnson, uh, it was confirmed French-Canadian director Denis Villeneuve is in negotiations to direct the upcoming film. Uh, Villeneuve originally made a name for himself with his award-winning films Maelstrom and Incendies whatever that is um, I'll help you but I lost track of where you were reading that's alright um, the latter of the two was nominated for an Oscar however it's likely best known to American audiences for his work he is likely best known sorry to American audiences for his work on the 2013 thriller Prisoners featuring Hugh Chapman and Jake Gyllenhaal uh, we are honoured that Harrison is joining us on this journey 
with Denis Villeneuve, who is a singular talent, as we experienced personally on Prisoners, said the studio owners in a statement. The sequel is being written by Hampton Fancher and Michael Green. Uh, Fancher, who co-wrote the original Blade Runner, yes he did, didn't he? Uh, while Green is currently signed on to screen, r- signed on as screenwriter for Prometheus 2. <gasps> the fee... <laughs> Electric Boogaloo. Uh, the film will be based on an idea by Fancher and Ridley Scott. So Ridley Scott is involved in this. Yep, that's to, always promising, isn't this, it? This is a good thing. I'm slightly disappointed that he will not be directing. Yeah. Although, do, do you think with um, do you think with Harrison Ford they'll try and do like they did with Arnie in the Terminator films of late? Oh, yeah, where sort of do hope. You know, so sort of augmented CGI version, no, so you've no, got the body no. still. Yeah, no. But what's the point? He never did anything f- that physical in Blade Runner. It was he all did, though. sitting at a desk well, staring it's more, at him. Yeah, it's, it's more to make him look sort of... There was some fighting. Know, there was some fighting. There was some be... hanging off the end of buildings. There was, yeah. uh, I yeah, mean, this is uh, Daryl Hannah stuck two fingers up his nose. What more do you want? Mm. I'd quite enjoy it. This is meant to be <laughs> 20, 30 years after anyway in time. Mm. Something like so that, he's yeah. meant to have aged with it. A couple of things. Um, there is a sequel to... Um, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll go into that when I'm doing the watching, reading, listening, Indeed. cutting your toenails thing later. But there is a follow-up <laughs> just called Blade Runner to The Edge of Human. So there is a second book. So I don't know if they're talking about writing this as in doing a screenplay off of the uh, second book in the series. I think there well, the, was only two in the series. The thing is, Blade Runner was so far removed from Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheet that it was a bit ridiculous. But the it? ideas were there. The ideas they? are the same, but the, the general story has changed. Yeah, but I mean, okay, I don't want to go too much into it because that will spoil my, my big finale. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm... When you know when um, Star Wars and the rest of it came was coming out, I was like, "No, I didn't know." I mean, I didn't know because it messed up the prequels, you know. Mm. But when I saw this, I thought, "Yeah, and yeah, I, thumbs up. This will be great because I can see it working in um, an older man's way." Yeah, I can see it working at a a, a more thoughtful approach rather than you know running around shooting approach. You know, I can see it working as complaining about, well, what the heck am I still doing this for? I'm an old man. Why won't they let me retire type of thing? Mm. It'll be like Columbo meets Daryl Hannah rather than... Excellent. Well, <laughs> but I can yeah, see it working watch, watch in my head. Sort of thing, yeah. And he can have a young sidekick that can do all the running and jumping, and yeah. he can just be sitting there trying to catch up and getting out of breath. It would be interesting to see what they do with uh, certainly Deckard as an older character. And um, what what has that character been doing since? Yeah, I mean, nineteen eighty. It was so dark four, anyway. I mean, you probably, you don't need any CGI. I mean, half the time you didn't see him more than a silhouette, anyway. But um, <laughs> no, I mean, I I think, I mean, of Ridley Scott, I think there's a lot of things he did that were just. You know, there was a lot of things in there for the sake of being in there, but I actually think that Blade Runner was. His seminal work, actually. A lot of people I think, pick, so. I think a, you know, alien type things. I was going to say, a lot of people say that the Alien is one of his best, certainly best looking films, but I, I've always thought that Blade Runner there's, is there's something in the mind of best this work. Film. There's something in the mind of this film. And there's something in, mm. there wasn't, even when you first watch Blade Runner, you saw some of the characters and you thought, 
that's not very well acted. <laughs> and then you see it again, and you go, that was brilliantly acted. Yeah. I didn't get it first time around, that that the awkwardness was all part of it. And then you watch it again, and you go, that's so brilliantly acted, I couldn't be that awkward. If someone had told me to be that awkward, I couldn't have done it. Yeah. And then it just, it was really, it was as close to perfect as you can get. I know you had the 700 versions of the movie. Yeah. And I can see why you also did that as well, because of it's such a strong story that the ending is... I, I, I like the Scooby-Doo ending myself, you know? I, I, like the, <laughs> I like the happy everyone. No one knows when you die anyway, so what's the difference if you're real or not? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm actually pleased. And, and not often I'm going to go, oh, I wish they'd... All right, can you just forget about Star Wars? Put that on hold. Let Harrison Ford go and do this, and then he can come back. Yeah. You know, because yeah. I'm I'm so excited about the prospect of this. Yeah. And so, oh no, I know there's going to be hundreds of millions of disappointed people when Star Wars comes out. Because the thing is, with the Star probably. Wars things, people are going to be... They'll ramp up that sort of yeah, expectation, won't be, they? Yeah, and they're going to go, oh, well, it can't be as bad as the first ones. And, and, and the hyped. most you're going to hear, everyone yeah. is going, oh, it wasn't that bad. With Star Wars, it's, it's, gonna, it's dealing with people who have who have got into it in such a big way and uh, and have spent the last 20 or 30 years nursing the the uh, the sequel fantasy of yeah. um of, of Star Wars this long I, I think yeah. a half of the Star Wars films weren't any good I mean not yeah. not individual films it wasn't like half of the original three weren't bad but no, half of the six films half of them are terrible no but even <laughs> if you look at Empire Strikes oh no the, the Return of the Jedi was the last yeah. one the Return, the Return of, the of the Jedi was the last half yeah. of that film was appalling it was a joke mm. oh it's pretty bad yeah but you know it's rose tinted spectacles and the thing is right I know it's, again we're off subject but the thing is Star Wars back in the day it was new none of us had seen anything like Quite. that and then, you know what? They could have got little fluffy people sitting in the forest flying and throwing bricks around and rocks around and hitting people's <laughs> sticks. And we'd have thought that was great. Oh, so that's exactly what they did. But we're all more educated now in filmmaking. We're all more educated in what is exciting and good. And there's no way. If if Empire Strikes Back was, or Return of the Jedi rather was released now, we'd all be going, oh, dear yeah. it's funny actually because a couple of a yeah. uh, few months ago i i saw a question on twitter that uh, it was one of these one of these big uh, text gifs that says um why do we call it jumping the shark and the que- and the answer was because the phrase chewbacca swinging th- yes. <laughs> doing the tarzan call doesn't, is, doesn't quite flow in the same <laughs> yeah. way yeah, it's very yeah. true yeah. it is but very I'm true, always yeah. reminded you know with what you're saying about you know when uh, in the thick of it, where Malcolm Tucker talks about Star Wars, and he's he's saying, "Oh, at the end, you all go back to the planet of the teddy bears." And yeah, yeah. that's the point, isn't it? It's yeah. it's the planet of the teddy bears. Like, because he's the you know he's that one who's not had that rose tinted. Yeah, it was brilliant. Hmm. Great description of it. Well, from from one from one um, Ridley Scott uh, sequel to another. Uh, New alien movie secrets revealed. Sigourney Weaver and Michael Bain to return. This story from digitalspy.co.uk. One of the big surprises of 2015 so far was the news that the Alien series will continue under the stewardship of District 9 and Elysium director Neil Blomkamp. That's actually a very good thing. Um, 
with Blomkamp's new film Chappie in cinemas this week and Weaver among its all-star cast. Uh, Digital Spy quizzed the pair on the upcoming Alien continuation. Uh, Weaver gave the seal of approval for the new Alien director and teased her hopes for Ripley this time around while Blomkamp uncorked some very cool secrets about the film uh, and how he's ignoring Alien 3 and Alien Resurrection. Superb. Absolutely yeah. superb. Because I've seen yeah. I've seen most I mean, this, of Alien Three. Alien Resurrection is dreadful. Yeah. I mean this this is um this is also the guy who had that sort of lot of artwork, didn't he? And then it, then he said, Oh, this we, we had this ready, but it was it's not happening. Hmm. And now it turns out, oh it is. It Sorry. is happening, yeah. Yeah. The guy that I mean I, I, apropos absolutely nothing what you just mentioned, but the guy that drew the original alien artwork died recently. He did. He? We talked yeah, about it. Yeah. In yeah. fact. Yeah, um, uh, H.R. I mean, Geiger. Like yeah, he 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 passed away recently, and and his artwork is um, spe- spectacular, for want oh. of a better word. I think. Do you reckon Ridley Scott's running out of money or something? I don't know. I have a feeling he, he's probably just one of these people who loves to keep on working. No, yeah. he's just bought all the fast cars he can be bothered with now. And he goes, oh, you know what? I just go back to work. Yeah, I'll, I'll go back to. I work have in. a, I I have a, I have a theory on that, but um, not one you're going to share. No. On on live air. online, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I think he's just one of these people who wants to keep who wants to keep on working. You know, more more projects, more more things to do. Keeps more, you young, more good stuff. Well, it, it does, and if you keep yeah. on working, that means you never slow down, does it? Yeah. That's a theory. And um, it's it, unfortunately. I mean, when we were talking, um, I was actually talking to um, Paul Cacal at the um, uh, friend of the show. He's quite a good drawer he, as well, he's isn't a, he? He's a, very, he's a very good drawerist. Um, <laughs> he, um, he really wanted to come on this week because he wanted to talk about this alien story. So, I mean, I'm going to have him on. We're going to have him on um, in a few weeks. And when he does come on, I'm going to have him wax lyrical as much as he can about the new alien film. Um, but I'm interested to see what happens with this because if, it, if it's the guy who did, uh, who did, District Nine doing Alien. I think this is going to be something. Oh, that would be superb! Something very this, special this, because District this Nine. This could be one of those. Yeah. So, sorry, Tony. Carry on. This could be one of those where you know there is the excitement, but it, it's not necessarily hype. It's excitement created just by who's involved. You know, Indeed. Yeah. Not in the same way as oh, they're throwing the hype at you. Oh, this is coming. It's going to be great. That's you the know. trouble with. This is the trouble with modern living. There is no such thing as. You know, keeping a lid on it, mm. producing something good, and let it go. Yeah. Because there's no way you can dull down enough hype <laughs> that you can ever stop Twitter, Facebook, and all the rest of it going berserk. No film will ever, ever be as good think- as the things that are written about it. It just, it yeah. just can't mm. actually happen, which yeah. is really sad because there's a lot of people out there doing really good things. Mm. Um, and you know what? It's, it's always on this thing when we come to it and we go, "Oh, I found this thing on uh, on Netflix," and I don't, uh, you know, I don't sort of vaguely remembered it in the distance. And it was a brilliant because of without the rubbish and the hype and all the purbly that goes on top of everything that we, um, you know, <clears throat> plan to watch or listen to. If we sort of have the opportunity to find something ourselves, how often do we say that was fantastic? What a wonderful surprise. But how often when something has really been banged on about, we go, 
Yeah, it was okay. Yeah, you get that sort of exhaustion, don't you? you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm most things that get to this point, I'm not actually willing them to win anymore. No. Because it's like, well, they've already won. They've already made all the money they ever need. I mean, this is, you know, sort of Luke, George Lucas, he tried with the sort of second trilogy of Star Wars, didn't he, to keep em- try and keep everything under wraps, and it didn't work yeah, out. It doesn't you can't, work. Yeah. It doesn't work anymore. It may have back in the it, sort of 80s. It worked before the internet, and now it's just yes. impossible. It's the internet that makes it. The only way anything, the only place anything can ever work is two things. Right? To an extent, music can still get away with it. Because you can have five band members going into a, a studio for a year in uh, Montserrat or something, sticking out an album, and only them and their producer have heard it, and it can be amazing. And the, the main place, and I think this is why this particular form of media has retaken off again, is books. Because books can surprise you. You don't even know that, um, I mean, what's the name? J.K. Rowling can go and write um uh, casual well, vacancy casual vacancy or the, the, the follow up or the one she did the one that's not after. as good yeah. yeah but she can go away and do that and no one knows and then it comes out I mean she can put J.K. Rowling or not whichever the case may be but no one knows there's no there's no third person there's no you know security guards selling secrets there's no I mean in a funny way it's the same problem Apple as a um, tech company have they can't go away and surprise you because there's just no way they can bring it's out impossible. anything that isn't known about. And so there's, that's why books at the moment, to me, books are the most exciting place to be in. Because of someone, you, you know, you look down and you go, what? It's not in the year and a half's time someone's announced that they're going to write this book and it's going to be the sequel to Harry Potter or whatever it happens to be. It's on your bookshelves tomorrow is the new happy, but you know, whatever it happens to be. And that's like, wow. And the, the excitement is there and you're ready to go and bang and it's gone. And it's the only place left. And um, we are our own worst enemy. We, it is our own fault. Anyway, we do really well going off on tangents. I'm though. really, yeah. Well, let's bring it back. I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to to seeing what, what a new alien film that, uh, that forgets alien three and alien resurrection. That's really cheered me up when I read that. Well, I, I don't know how old were you. Oh, how old you were when you saw Alien? And obviously, you didn't see it first time round. I was not. about twenty-two when I first saw Alien. Yeah, and you couldn't have seen it when you were a kid. It was, no, because it was in nineteen seventy-nine, I believe. It yeah, was I mean, I remember watching it again when I was young. Yeah, and it just scared the hell out of me. And there was no pleasure involved in it. So I'm thinking about this. I'm going to. I don't want to go for that. It's an experience. It's a very good suspense film. And, yeah, suspense and, is one thing, and its sequel being terrified to the point yeah. where you can't go to your own bedroom. It's, it's one of the finest suspense um, sci-fi films ever made, and its sequel, Aliens, is one of the best action, action sci-fi films yeah. ever made. So it would have been better if they just left it at two. But hopefully, this yeah. film will will redeem yeah. it. At, at least it does, you know, completely ignore Alien v Predator. Oh, because those, I mean, people bone about Alien 3, but those were awful. Ah, they're pretty, was Predator yeah. the one where you couldn't see him? Yeah. yeah, the, yeah. The, or when you could see him, he had the dreadlocks and the three, yeah, and three lasers a, in a triangle. And it was a bit like, I don't know, it was, it was, it came out with the video nasty era, era when yes. it was almost, it was so gory, it was funny. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, you I didn't mean, take it considering seriously. Considering the people, 
Yeah, considering the people are in it, it was Arnie, you know, Carl Weathers, you know, Jesse Ventura, wasn't it? Yeah. It was sort of all these action, you know, big guys. I mean, Carl Weathers was probably bigger than Arnie at the time. He yeah, just come off a Rocky guy, Free, yeah. 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 Well, yeah, it was, look, anyway. I, I, I don't know. They they put an alien head seemingly randomly on on in in the Predator ship in Predator Two, yeah. uh, and the rest is unfortunately it, history. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's the thing. The the games, the comics, and all the other stuff, other than the films of Alien v Predator. Yeah, okay. Yeah, the games are fine. <laughs> Perfectly <laughs> enjoyable. That's that's the thing that that as a uh, that was that Indiana Jones thing that you all didn't like, and I didn't think it was that bad actually. The crystal. The nuclear that, fridge, the one, I, the one that you have all warned me not to watch, so I oh, will never I, watch it. I, you know, I didn't think it was that bad. I, you know, I don't expect much from it. It was a bit more Disney than anything else, but it was all right. Disney um, read Dismal? No, I, look, I think people, I don't know what people were expecting. I just thought it was quite funny. It was all right. Nothing, it was no more ridiculous than any others, and it was a bit of fun. No problem with that. I wasn't expecting the, you know, the Ten Commandments or anything. Um, <laughs> The um, the the crystal heads in that always made me think of Alien, mm. and and that's the only reference I was going to make. And I've been banging on for ten minutes to get that story out, but that's all it was. It reminded me of Alien. That's the thing; it's become that part, that much a part of the sort of you know, not just film culture, but you know, that's the image people think of first when they hear the word, you know, like. Like you know, like we've had greys as well, haven't we? As associated with aliens and things like that. Yeah, we also had like big heads, like the um, Close Encounters with long fingers. I mean, I don't necessarily. I wouldn't know why they haven't. Any of them seem to have no pigmentation in their skin. No. I don't get it. Well, it's because they can't afford it. No, Thunderbirds creator's unfinished movie is a go. This story from the Telegraph.co.uk. That's the truth. Writer, writer, director and puppeteer Jerry Anderson, who died in 2012, was responsible for several much-loved British children's television programmes, including Thunderbirds, Captain Scarlet and Stingray. Uh, now, an incomplete project state started by Anderson before his death is being finished and brought to the big screen by his eldest son, Jamie Anderson. Uh, the film, A Christmas Miracle, is described by its makers as a computer-animated feature film that tells the story of an invasion by aliens. Wonderful uh, shape their heads are. Indeed. <laughs> but the aliens have a single, somewhat unusual demand. Bring us Santa Claus. <laughs> Jamie Anderson, who said, do you know what that, that sounds like a Doctor Who Christmas special. I was just thinking that, oh, yes. Yeah, like, I mean, considering the last Christmas special we had, yeah. Jamie Anderson, who is managing director of Anderson Entertainment, a film production company set up by his father before his death, is currently trying to attract investors to raise the final third of the film's 30 million budget it's nothing isn't it well we could we could pay that with our advertising budget alone um in a a press release he said we're now in the final stretch of fundraising for a major motion picture production of one of dad's greatest projects uh, before succumbing to alzheimer's in his final years jerry anderson wrote the script for a christmas miracle and worked with artists on some of the final character designs so tone he seems to have been rather busy in his last few, you know, like we were talking about Ridley Scott earlier, you know, mm. wanting to be busy. He had so many of these little things, and I'm glad his son's trying to bring as many of it as he can well, forward. He seems, I mean, he was, I talk about prolific. Um, Jerry mm. Anderson, he, he seemed to be doing a, a, a lot. I mean, he produced three, three classic 
yeah, children's children's programs, Thunderbirds, Captain Scarlet, and Stingray, and all people want to do these days are remake them in some peculiar yes. way, or just 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 get it get it back. Somebody, please get it back. You know, yeah. rekindle the old. Um, that's how yeah, iconic it's become as well, though, isn't it? Yeah, that's the point. I think yeah. it is because of, and I just use English iconic um, mm. because of. I mean, I was I watched these things, and oh, I don't want to be rude about them, but it was just there wasn't an awful lot of choice. It was like that's what children's entertainment was. Sure, and, yeah, and it was more interesting than a lot of the. Muffin the Mule type stuff. Right? It's a bit like Star Trek, isn't it? Because really, if if you were into science fiction, that was the only thing around at the time, yeah. I suppose. Wasn't and then you sort of t- you, again, you could look at a good science science fiction novel, and then you look at Star Trek, and you think it's a bit of a joke. Really. Yeah, you know. And Back um, then it was, yeah, yeah. And I mean, see, the thing is, uh, book wise, science fiction was twenty five, thirty, forty years ahead of where Star Trek's. Yeah, uh, abilities were, and <clears throat> hmm. I mean, I'd say Thunderbirds, Captain Scarlet, and Stingray. I, I mean, as a kid, I watched a bit of Joan Dynasty because I liked his glasses. Hmm. I never really, <laughs> I never really got into this sort of stuff because of it is in the. I'd say you used Icon. I think it's a nostalgia. Hmm. People are trying to recreate some myth of a a wonderful childhood. Now, there's nothing wrong with anything he did, and I know there's lots of people out there that rightly love it, but this is, goes back to exactly what we said before about, you know, you, you flag something up and you try and, um, you know, recreate something that, you you know, you can't recreate your childhood, and, and unless it's a really good story and really well animated, kids now, you're going to get the old people that watched it first time around with a little bit of nostalgia that go, well, that was quite nice. That's not enough to make. I mean, thirty million quid. You can. It's going to make that back because it's it's got the name yeah. Anderson. That's not a problem. I wish him well, right? Well, it will. It will be get, Jerry Anderson's. Yeah, Christmas. You're not, you're not going to get any big players coming in to make any of these sort of things because there is nothing. There is no money in it. You know, it's like selling. You know, big Harley Davidsons to fifty-year-old men. Mm. That's not where they make the most of their money, but the few of them will sell mm. and. I, I, well, just, I think yeah. it's a nostalgia thing. It's people trying to recapture their youth. And yeah. again, there's nothing wrong with that, but yeah. it's not a big budget thing. It's not. I mean, that's, that's the kind of way he worked you know, when, he, when he carried on making shows. You know, even when he moved to sort of live action, you know, he sold off a lot of the rights and the, sort of, the family have been trying to scrape them all back, haven't they, over the years? You know, whereas if there's a few sort of new, for want of a better word, you know, things that you know, maybe need finishing off here and there. You know, I mean, I've mentioned it before, the Gemini Force One. Yeah. You know, books here, you know, it's, it's set to be a trilogy. I think the first one released it to public next month. Mm. You know. I think you're right, Alex, that, that there, yeah. there will always be this, this, um, um, the, the nostalgia. I mean, that's, that's mm. why I'm so excited to see the new, uh, the new Thank danger house. Yeah, I knew you would say that. It's, it's got to be. But, you I, know, mean, I mean, if I, it's just got to be of, done, hasn't it? Really? Yeah. The amount of times I've I've gone and bought so much stuff. I've said to me, <laughs> yeah. well, that's, why I built, that's why I bought the fifty quid. Great, that's why I bought the fifty quid wind in the willows box yeah, set. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, this is going to be the greatest thing you've ever seen, and they sit there really politely for about twenty minutes, and you can see them fidgeting, 
And then I go, oh, go on, then just go. You know, and then I don't talk to them for a couple of hours because I've got the ump. And then mum comes and tells me off. Like, How can you tell your children off for not liking the rubbish you like when you were a kid? And it, it's, 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 this is true, and this is the way it works. And um, Anyway, you talk about a £30 million budget. When you said Kickstarter, Tone, I, I think you were completely yeah. right. Yeah. If yeah. he stuck, stuck that on Twitter as a Kickstarter, he'd get... Yeah. Get well, that's twenty million quid yeah, in an he hour. Would, he would. Yeah, I'd even give him some money, even though I don't want to watch it. No, that's that's the thing. I mean, that's how the you know Gemini Force was funded, you know, initially, you know, as well. And then they've sort of had a deal with a publisher now to have two more. You know, I of those. I mean, it might be fantastic, but it's only going to be something that's fantastic to somebody that you know, yeah. like familiar with the sort of uh, yeah. Uh, no, I say likes Jerry Anderson like there's something wrong. No, nothing to do with that. It's just, it never. It just didn't. As a child, it didn't float my boat. I just it was. I know it sounds daft, but enough. it was a bit too wooden. Oh <laughs> uh, well, well, it's um the the more Jerry Anderson projects that uh, that surface in the years after his passing is uh, it's amazing how prolific the guy was. Let us move into the arcade. Crossy Road sees 10 million in revenue and 50 million downloads in 90 days. This story from digitalspy.co.uk. The team behind Crossy Road, Hipster Whale, have mm-hmm. <laughs> shared the game's opening sales and downloads at GDC 2015. Uh, the mobile game has seen revenues of 10 million and 50 million downloads in 90 days across all platforms, with not a single dollar spent on acquiring users. The pair also discussed the origins of the game at their talk, Crossy Road a whale of a time uh, developed in just six weeks <laughs> uh, the aim for Crossy Road was not to make a lucrative game but a popular one I've got nothing I really haven't um, having been inspired by Flappy Bird's accessibility and viral success I would also say inspired by the classic BBC micro adventure Frogger <laughs> the Spectrum uh, game yeah. Frogger or I'm sure it was available yeah. on the Amiga as well. I play. I played Crossy Road for approximately 15 minutes. Uh, so was it? Was this like you know? I mean, I saw Flappy Bird mentioned in the article, and I fully oh. expected it to be mentioned there because this sounds like the exact is, kind of thing. It is Flappy Bird. Although I, I, while I played Flappy Bird quite a lot, it was mostly open the application, get to six, crash. Close yeah. the application. So and really, we tried I was, it briefly on air, didn't we? Yeah. We did. <laughs> we did, and it was it was absolutely hilarious. Um, but yeah. I th- this this just hasn't this hasn't grabbed me in the same way that it's that it's grabbed a lot of other people. Um, I mean, there's there's another game that I'll mention in in what we've been playing, reading, watching, reading, and and stepping in. Um, but uh, Crossy Road, no thanks. It just hasn't. It just hasn't done anything for me, Alex. Sounds, it, sounds like Frogger to me. Indeed, yeah. Well, Frogger never did anything no, for me. Either. I was no too busy with appeal. Yeah. I was too busy with thrust on the BBC Micro. Uh, Alex, fro- um, Frogger, <laughs> Crossy Road, Crossy Road. Anything for you? Does it deserve the ten million in revenue? It's much better than Cats. I Brilliant. Can't see it again, again. Well, there we go. Um, <laughs> NVIDIA announces Shield Games console with streaming service and 4K video. 4K, another, yet another 4K device. NVIDIA has announced um, the NVIDIA Shield, its first living room 
Entertainment System at GDC 2015. Uh, the Android-powered device, described as a revolutionary television, games console, and streaming supercomputer, all in one, will be available in May for $199. That's £129 with 16 gigs of memory. Uh, powered by a Tegra X1 processor and 3 gigs of memory, it delivers twice the performance of an Xbox 360 at one-fifth the power. Uh, the NVIDIA store will offer 50 games at launch, including the Talos Principle. That's... Uh Sounds like uh, the planet from the cage. Um, Borderlands, the pre-sequel, Telltale's Game of Thrones, Resident Evil 5, Portal, Half-Life 2, Metal Gear Rising, colon, Revenge, and Joe Danger. Uh, Co-founder and CEO Jen Sun Huang uh, said the device aims to make games more accessible through its grid streaming service, doing for gaming what Netflix did for videos and what Spotify did for music. So, streaming games. It's been tried by other companies who have since gone Online. bust yep. um nvidia at least it's not just streaming games i suppose but the difference is if they can t- tie this into somehow to do with android gaming on a, a separate platform you got a chance on this yeah haven't we talked about this sort of exact idea before yeah i mean yeah, this kind of box yeah. that was all in one uh, you know it was yeah it was the streaming uh, and the game and, and it the does TV. your gaming yeah, yeah. this yeah, is the I'm thing about the 16 gig of memory you know yeah, well, that's all right that's the... i'm speaking to you now from a pc that's got 32 gigs of memory in it but mm. no i i think they're talking about 16 gigs of hard drive of, yeah that's 16 gigs of yeah. ssd space probably yeah yeah because it mentions later about the three gigs of sort of memory the three gigs of know, memory in the, yeah. way, in the sense you're Talking, yeah. But you know, this is what I've said for ages. Say with the Apple TV, what they need to do is say, right, this is going to be an all-in-one device, whereas you can play your iOS games on your Apple TV. Yeah, and this think- is what they're going for. They're going for an Android version of what Apple TV should have been. And let's face it, Nvidia. I mean, <clears throat> they're you know they are designers of very 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 good and very very fast video cards and the power that to play these games if if you use um the video card type memory and the video card type processors which are far far quicker they're better at number crunching certainly yeah yeah. massively better Mm. the gpu is far more powerful than a cpu Depending on what you, yeah, but I mean, we're talking about gaming. Yeah, You're yeah, talking about sure. polygons and stuff. This thing, I mean, that's what they're saying. This is it's more powerful with a fifth of the power because they've designed this thing purely to, you know, chuck visual wonderment across the screen, and that is what you need. I mean, that's what this thing is all about. Um, I, I'd like I'd like it to work because I mean, I think the others. If they get it to work, it's going to revolutionise it. As more in, it's going to bring the price down of these games. There's going to be a level between sort of your Android, iOS, um, you know, telephone, uh, your phone or your pad device, or to the PS4 or Xbox One or PC prices. So whereas they're 40 quid on one and 40p on the other, they're probably about you know seven, eight, nine pounds, which is a a reasonable price for something which has got a lot of graphics and they've got a lot of this and that. And remembering half, you know, look, if you look at um, 
a really good, say, a racing game on your phone. And something that when you look at it and you play it, you go, the graphics on this are actually quite remarkable yeah. for a phone. And you look at it and you go, hold on a minute. I mean, I had some really good stuff on a 32, gig, that 32 gigabyte uh, phone. And so they could have only been like three or four gigabyte. Okay, so now make that six gigabyte or something, rather than the, you know, the, the Blu-ray that you need to play on a PS4 or whatever it is. And it's all graphics, and it's all number crunching, and it's all this, that, and the other. You're going to get some very, very visually good games, and they're going to be powerful. You know, you're not going to be running them off the disc as such because the processing power is going to be enough that it can be algorithms that create the graphics as it goes along. So you're not talking about masses of memory. You're talking about masses of uncompressed process. And if they've and if they've got some kind of streaming service going along with that. Yeah, you'll be able to you'll be able to pull that down. That's the point. Why you don't need more than 16 gig. Because of you know all you need to do is store your data. Because if you've stored your data and a, a basic pack of that game and as long as you've got a 5 gigabyte or whatever or sorry, megabytes service, you'll be able to pull down enough as you go along to fill in the bits that are missing. And then that's the point. That's why this would work. Yeah, and they're, this a big enough, where, they're a big enough name to keep. A lot of the other places were small names, and they di- didn't have the money to keep it going enough to get to the market. If they can link it with Android in some way. Yeah, the the others were trying to do this the singular streaming stuff, and I I, I really I think at the time I, I think they were a bit of uh, sort of ahead of the. Uh, I don't think the, 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 the connectivity. The connectivity was just yeah. the problem. You would have because a lot of you know gamers really like. Um, I mean, once you start getting latency, once a game starts slowing down, it takes you out of the experience completely. Yeah, of course. Uh, but if you think about it, you can compress the data coming down. So instead of it being, I don't know, say say uh, in the old days a DVD was four point seven, wasn't it, a gigabyte? If you can compress that down to two gigabyte. Because this processor is going to, the GPU is going to be powerful enough to decompress that while it's pulling it down. If it's powerful enough to do that, then you're able to stream things. Yeah, if you can you do know, some two, compressed streaming, clever compressed streaming. Yeah, but if you think about it, if you down, I mean, I can easily on my network download or stream Super HD. I can easily stream 4K. The data that's coming down for that is going to be more than the data that actually needs to come down for a game. Because it's 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 a pseudo four K, it's interpolated. It's not really four K of video. It's it's enough to show pixels that are changing within a four K background. So I mean, I, it's clever, and I can see why it would work. And hopefully, it will be. Look, it might not be the answer, but it's a, it looks like the way they're looking at it, it makes sense to me. As this is the next stepping stone to the future. Yeah, it's a different approach to like you know, where you've had the on lives and things like that. You know, you know where you they just, just downloaded had, a whole game, didn't you? Yeah, and that was well, that was effectively a dumb terminal, wasn't it? The on live box. It was on live. Was if, if yeah. you didn't if you didn't run it, you know, or, yeah, you had the sort of you know client you could run on a laptop or a PC or whatever. But even then, it was still only effectively doing the same thing as a dumb terminal yeah, indeed, for gaming. Indeed. Yeah. And you've got the other lot, which is, um, oh, it's gone out of my head now, the uh, Steam lot. But you still, mm. it's just a, a language and it's just a, a coder, isn't it? You're still mm. downloading the whole game. 
Yeah, yeah. Steam is more of a, so- a source for downloading as well, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, Steam, Steam's just a console that hooks up to, you know, steampowered.com and downloads yeah. your games and you play them on the Steam box. They've got a, you know, they've got a decent graphics card in them, decent CPU, and yeah, you just play the game. still downloading games. And that's yeah, it's still yeah. downloading, installing it for all the fans. Yeah, yeah. 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 But stream, so this, streaming games is obviously... Works, streaming yeah. games is obviously, a, 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 you know, if if we can get the connectivity down, I think it's I think it's a, a very compelling, a compelling argument is what it is. There you go. Well, I want it to work. I, I think it's. I think it's the way it should be going. Of course, that's going to keep the prices down. Yeah. Hopefully so. Hopefully so. Well, on uh, on Friday evening, we uh, we received we received some very um, some very very saddening news. Let's move on to the epitaph. Uh, Leonard Nimoy passed away on uh, on Friday evening, our time. Um, he was obviously the star of, uh, of the star of the original Star Trek. He's played Spock. Um, this story from BBC.co.uk: Leonard Nimoy's funeral held in LA. Uh, Star Trek actor Leonard Nimoy has been buried in Los Angeles in a small private funeral. Nimoy, eighty-three, died on Friday of chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, which is often caused by smoking. It is Jewish tradition for the dead to be buried within twenty-four hours, but as the practice is forbidden on a Saturday, the actor was laid to rest at o nine hundred. Pacific Standard Time on Sunday. Uh, however, his Star Trek co-star William Shatner was unable to attend. Uh, he said, I really feel awful, uh, tweeted the actor who was committed to attend a Red Cross ball in Florida on Saturday night and could not fly back in time for the service. Here I am doing charity work uh, and one of my dearest friends is being buried. So put, putting that little bit to the to a side um, mm. for the minute um yeah there's a, an enormous outpouring of um of heartfelt sympathies and, and everything mm. for um, for Leonard Nimoy when he when he passed away yeah. kind of uh, I mean when I saw that when I saw that news it's like somebody popped up on Twitter with that and I, I just thought it was one of them where I thought no yeah. No, please let it be a hoax this yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we all knew he was very ill. We knew a couple he, of days we, earlier. We did know he was ill. Yeah, and and, yeah. and it's 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 strange. Um, um, Daryl uh, Daryl Skills, who's the uh, he's the Trek nerd on Twitter. He does a does a show called This Week in Trek. He's on the he's on the morning stream every morning, and he 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 tweeted something which. Uh, which is obviously you know perf- perfectly serious, but he was he was saying you know he was sat at work. I mean, he's a huge Star Trek fan, you know, so it's one of those mm. things. But he's sat at work. Everyone's just going around like it's a normal day. And he's kind of sat there thinking, oh, then I've never always died, you know. <laughs> and he's, he's just one of, those, one of those people you always think, he, he's, he's always been around. And yeah. uh, the, the entire cast of the original series, I mean, we've, we've, lost, we've lost quite a few of them so um, far. DeForest I mean, Kelly. DeForest James Kelly passed Stewart. away. D- uh, James Doohan has passed uh, away. Major Barrett. Ma- yes, Major, uh, Major Barrett Roddenberry. And, of course, you know, Gene Roddenberry passed away in, was yeah. it 92, was it? Yeah. So we've lost, you know, we've, we've lost plenty of them. But, um, but yeah. But Len- you still Len- think of it as, yeah. Leonard Nimoy is still, still one of those ones of- that you don't, uh, you know. Yeah. yeah. About I mean, it. It, I, I thought his, his last his last tweet was very fitting. It was almost almost like an online last words for him, wasn't it? It was, yeah. It was almost, it was as, so almost as if he knew he was he, 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 yeah. and kind of right. I'm going to say bye bye to everyone yes. else and just have the yes, rest of the time it, it will be family. soon, sort of yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, a life is like a garden. Perfect moments can be had, but not preserved except in memory. Uh, LLAP, live long and prosper. It's very. It's you know very. What? As last words go, 
You can you can say that's his last words, right? His last public words. Mm. Yeah, that's pretty damn impressive, isn't it? It is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But he was. I, th- I think he was an impressive, impressive guy. I mean, he, every, everyone, everyone's saying how nice he was. Mm. Um, yeah, just just a, just a nice always, guy, good to work yeah. with, that kind of thing. I mean, so many of the things he put out there, the messages he put out were sort of lovely little messages like that. Yeah, it it's all feel good stuff. There was never anything, never anything oh. scathing or. Um, you know, putting putting anything down or anything like that. Um, the the one um, the, the the one thing I I thought was a bit um, unfortunate was that obviously you know his his friend William Shatner was able unable to yeah. attend I, I the. Can't, uh, he I can't kind believe of, the hustle he got for that. I know he kind of he kind of made made a decision, didn't he, Did, to go and do this Red yeah. Cross charity event mm. or go to Leonard Nimoy's funeral? And uh, I, you know, I, what I'd say. Yes, and this is all honest truth, right? And I don't know Leonard Nimoy from anything, so I can only go by what I can go by, right? If it was you lot as my mates and me, the one that was dead, I'd say to you, go and go and do the charity. We honour me by going to a charity. Yeah, yeah, almost uh, in you know in his names, almost, yeah. but not. Yeah, know. yeah. I mean, that's. You know, I, th- that, I think that. If, the, if Leonard Nimoy is how we all perceive him to be, obviously we don't know, but I, I absolutely am sure he is, he would have said, listen, my old friend, don't worry about this. There's a hole in the ground. You go and do. Yeah. I mean, that's, the, that's also the thing. I mean, you, you think about it, you know, one of the whole sort of famous things about his character, Spock, was, you know, considering the needs of many over the needs of few or so that's his life as well. Exactly. Yes, he, he make a judge. His own character. Yeah. 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 Sure. Sure. Well, I mean, that's what I say anyway. But uh, yeah, it's it's very sad. Very sad mm-hmm. indeed. Um, but uh, the, the one thing that's come up from it is uh, Canadians have been have been altering their five Canadian dollar note. Um, <laughs> so, so a, a process of uh, what has become known as spocking the banknotes. To modify, I, I don't know who it is. Um, this story from Sky.com. Uh, the craze for adding Mr. Spock's features to the $5 notes has accelerated since the death of Leonard Nimoy, who played the Vulcan. Uh, for years, fans of the famous Star Trek character have been scribbling on the face of former PM Wilfred Laurier, Laurier uh, Canada's first francophone prime minister, um, on $5 banknotes. So they've obviously they've been they've, so they've, they've modified. It's, it's a bit like idea, folding. What is it? You fold a you fold a ten pound note and a five pound note, and you end up with um, yeah, you end up with John McEnroe or something like that. <laughs> or something. Yeah, it, you can scribble on it, and you eventually make a a, a Vulcan like figure. Yeah, but you look at some of these; they are so good. They are yeah. good. Yeah, aren't they? They are very good. Yeah, but, a good little tribute I saw earlier was. Um, uh, a Spock hoodie with the you know, the hand um, down the zip, sort of either side of the zip. So when you bring the zip down, hmm. the, the sort of two fingers each side split into the sort of you know, the, the salute. Oh right! Yeah. I thought that was you know, quite impressive. A little bit of you know, someone's <laughs> gone and created that as a tribute thing. You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's good that there's a world out there of. Um, there's a world of good thoughts and and it's a it's a kind tribute it is yes 
You know, some people, I mean, obviously there's going to be people going, oh, when you go to this funeral, you'll be in distress. You know, yeah. you know what, maybe, you know, maybe because they can't go to the funeral. I don't know. Look, it's their problem, not his. Yeah. You know, William Shatner did the right thing. He did yeah. the right thing by his friend yeah. by honouring the charity. And you know yeah. what? William Shatner could have said there and go, I'm at a red hospital, I'm missing, I'm missing Spock's funeral. Right? Mm. So you lot better give more than you were intending. Mm. Well, that, that was the report, wasn't it? That it, you know, it did end up making a lot of money, and he sort of made you know made that well known. It's a lot of money for a good cause. Yeah. And also, you got to remember, to William Shatner's probably sitting there going, exactly as he said, "I would love to be." Well, I wouldn't love to be at a funeral, obviously, mm. because no one wants to go. But you know what? He can go there any time he wants and say a prayer. Exactly. I mean, he. A lot of people, you know, that I saw tweeting were saying, "Oh, yeah, he can do it in his own way." You know. I've got, I, I don't know if I remember this wrong, but Shatner's a very Jewish name as well, so maybe they're of the same religion. Mm. They might be. And if, if, if they are, then they can uh, sort it out amongst themselves. Indeed, indeed they can. Indeed they can. May your well, God go with you, that's all that matters. Indeed, indeed, he'll be sorely missed. Right, what have we been watching, reading, listening to, or playing this week? I'm going first. To give the connection a chance to, to yeah, kind of repair itself. I'm not even listening. No, 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 the no, first no, thing the first thing on my list is a is an iOS game that I've been I have played to death. It's called really? it's called Alto's Adventure. It's, it's not on my list. No, it's an endless runner. Um, basically, you have to. Um, you're on some kind of llama farm in the middle of nowhere, and it's 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 all it's all kind of snowy and everything. And you uh, you you have to you have to basically ski up and down ramps and all over the place. But it's the the, the game avoiding llamas. Yeah, the the gameplay. I don't know what they are. From if I'm totally honest, the gameplay is not is not the main point. It's the it's the look of the game and the the music's incredible too. Um, but the the overall spectacle of the thing looks it it looks incredible and it plays very well on an iPad three. Thank you very much. So that's well, that's how, a, how many you know how many llama, how much memory do you need for a llama? Well, well, quite. I mean, it's the kind of it's the kind of game that wouldn't have looked out of place on my old Amiga five hundred. But there you go. Um, it's <laughs> llama 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 ding dong. It's a bit of a theme tonight, isn't it? It's the Amiga. A, yeah. <laughs> It's a. Uh, see, it's, it's, it's iconic. You see, you've, you've gone back in yeah, time. You just had to relive your youth. It is iconic. It's um. It's available on. I had a I, stick and a ball. It's available on iOS. It's available on orange for Father Christmas. <laughs> Indeed, it's available on iOS. Uh, for both iPhone and iPad, I think it's about one pound forty nine. So there are no How many alarms do you get with that? There are none. There are no in-app purchases, which is brilliant. Next thing on my list is Top Gear. Very funny episode last weekend. Mm. All all good, fine, absolutely fine, uh, no problems. It's almost been a re you know a revamp of the revamp this season, hasn't it? Because it's been back to sort of when it was first brought back with those three guys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, there is there is the odd top. You know, supercar review as well as the, the silly challenges the challenges the yeah sort of you know the the bad jokes about you know that sort of clearly aimed at people who are going to hate it anyway no matter what yeah I, I thought it was particularly funny when i mean what was it what was it richard hammond did it in order to start a fire he had to cut down a tree 
And he says, yeah. and if this is if this is some kind of um, kind of rare tree that no one's ever seen before, you can bleep off. Yeah, <laughs> I so thought sure, that yeah. was fantastic. Yeah. yeah. And then there's a moment later where he had the sort of stick effigies of Clarkson and yeah. May. Yeah. Throwing a knife at it, and he was just yes, right in the bleak. Yeah, yes, yeah. <laughs> that was quite funny. He was sort of going slightly crazy at these yeah. two effigies. Yeah, no, it, it, it was it was a good episode. It's it, it it's yeah. it's all good. I mean, it's been it's, a little theme lately, hasn't it? I mean, they had the one with the ambulances. That was a sort of brilliant challenge here, and they had the whole. I mean, this this episode they. Sort of called Clarks and the May International Rescue, didn't they? Yes, I thought some and of that was quite... a tribute on the ambulance one, where it was like various sort of overcomplicated ways to get to the ambulance yeah. out of their little pieces. Although when I, when they when they um, when they re- when they started receiving the the signal from uh, Hammond's watch, I knew exactly. I knew that Clarkson was going to say, "Oh, can we see the pudding menu, please? We, yeah, we better exactly. get moving. Can we see the pudding the signals menu?" Failing. Right. Yeah. Important matters. Pudding. Yeah. Yes. Quite. Quite. Uh, the next thing on my list, we we were going to speak about this um, in London. Actually, we were gonna we were gonna do a live recording, but, but you uh, were just far too drunk. But we were. Well, no, uh, <laughs> you were just far too not watched it yet. I've watched some of it now. You've watched some of it now, have you? Really? Well. Let's let's have a let's have a uh, to to round out my my list. Let's have a little discussion about it. So House House of Cards, season three began or it it was put live. Let's say at about eight o'clock GMT uh, on Netflix because I managed to watch the first episode at work. <gasps> and um, yeah, we were at GMT. Hmm. We went to GM. We certainly did. We didn't go up to the observatory that I would have loved it. Next oh, time. I was already tired and, and the other one here was already moaning that his legs hurt. We yeah, well, he was saying that his legs hurt the next week, the next day. I, I didn't feel anything. It was as if I hadn't walked anywhere. I'll tell you what, next time, Alex, you can take me up to the observatory. That'll be fun. Um, um, yeah. Not, I mean, this. How many did you get in? How many episodes did you get in? I went in? to episode nine. Look at that. What? Yeah. Huh? Yeah, I know. I mean, it hit me going. Oh, I thought I'd done well with three. Three? Yeah. <laughs> I, I haven't ninjaed it. Okay. Yeah. No, I've been trying to take it slowly, but the problem is this: this this series has started off so so slow burn. It's it's almost as if the pilot light's not lit yet. Well, you know what? Because I can't comment an awful lot because I've only watched. Well, I was about to say two, but I fell asleep in the second one. Oh dear! Um, but it's not. Because the story was bad. Okay, mm. that, this is the point. It was going well. Yeah. Um, but when it started, and I'm watching it, I'm going, hey? Eh? And <laughs> I was thinking, I never bothered watching about the end of the last series. And I was like, what? I don't remember that. And then like halfway mm. through the story, I went, oh, I've got a vague recollection. Mm. Incredibly vague. And that was the trouble. The gap was so long. That by the end of the first episode, I was like, "Yeah, well, I think I've got a vague recollection, so I'm just going to assume that that's what happened, and I can't really remember." Yeah. It was just too big a gap that I just didn't remember what it was because it jumped straight in. I don't want to give anything away. Yeah, it there's no, straight no in. recap or anything. And I was like, no the recap is actually what's available. Doing on... where he is? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, the recap is there, but there was no nothing in this 
you know, there is like a recap all available on Netflix. You can watch a recap that yeah. they put together. Yeah. Yeah, I was just thinking, why is he even there? I can't remember why he's in there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, everything is... Um, as, as I say, it it really... It, it romped along quite a lot in uh, the beginning of Series 2, and I really found it hard to stop watching new episodes. But this one, it's, I think it's... Um, it, it it really is continuing at a nice pace. It's mm. it's some of it's difficult to watch, um, but you, you, kind of in a good. It, well, it it's, I mean, especially that it was another sort of opener that made you sort of you know just be there with an open jaw, wasn't there as well? You know, yeah, opening the whole thing. Yeah, I mean it's 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 kind of you kind of think oh. God, no, no, really? no, no. Yeah. You're really going to do, oh dear, you know, <laughs> it's kind yeah. of, uh, it's like you think it's going to, you think as well for so long, it's going to be something else. And then you, yeah. 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 So it, it comes out of the blue at you as well. Yeah. yeah. But it's, it's, you know, it's, it's very well acted. It's very, very nicely shot. Oh. And, uh, oh. and on top of it all, you've got, um, you've got Jeff Beals, um, score going along the top of it, which I, which I do enjoy. I really do like it. Um, you know, funny enough, <coughs> yeah. it was about the thing I was going to say about when, you know, I watched uh, Bosch. Mm. And it's when I started watching um, House of Cards again. And I don't know if it's some, I don't know why it is, but Net, both Netflix and Amazon seem to put so much more effort into their opening credits. You know, they're, they're they do. I don't know what you'd call it. It's I think it makes, it makes it a joy to watch. Yeah, I mean, it's almost so cinematic. It is. It's Both House so much and Bosch. I mean, I don't know if you've seen Bosch, right? You watch Bosch on a really good 1080p or 4K if you've got it TV. Mm. You just watch. Is it, it's not called the opening credits. What do you call the bit between the, when it starts and you get to the program? I don't know what you call it. Well, the the, the opening credits. Is that what you call it? All right, we we'll call yeah. it that. But the Bosch is so visually and cinematically and audibly brilliant. Yeah. That when that started, I was like, I know I'm in for something brilliant. Because yeah. then you show that can put this much effort into a, an opening. Into those credit. 30 seconds or yeah. whatever. Yeah. And House of Cards does the same thing. You know, when it's done and you've got the, uh, it's like uh, the sun going over and you can see the shadows moving across really fast mm. on various things. It's similar. I mean, Bosch is better. Bosch is probably the first time I've ever gone. I've got to put a tweet out about how amazing the opening yeah. credits of a TV show is, right? But it's something that they seem to be doing, uh, both Amazon and Netflix. And it just, I noticed it. And when I watched House of Cards, because I, I did realise how good Bosch was, but when I watched how, the first episode of House of Cards and I'd forgotten how good the House of Cards opening credits were, I was like, it seems something they're doing that actually put in a major bit of effort in They it. don't have to rush it. Because there's no, it's there's, no that, there's no schedule. There's no schedule. We've it's also we've, got that. It's like I'd love to see the opening credits for this and Bosch in the cinema on a hundred foot screen. Or yeah, it sure. would be amazing. We we spoke about this. Um, I think it was. I think it was maybe last year when when or or back when House of Cards actually started. I think a uh, uh, friend of the show Teresa Hummel um, brought it up that if you see something like the intro to Castle. Yeah, the the credit sequence. It's yeah. less. It's about five seconds, 
Right. Um, and of course, when they show the credits at the end, they have to rush through it because they've packed absolutely as much as they can. And then they have to get through the credits because you've got to get to the adverts. You've got, you've got to get, you've got to get finished because you've only got so much time on your, um, on your slot. But with House of Cards, they can just play a nice slow credit sequence yeah, at the beginning. Nice slow outro so that you can just, you can just reflect on what you've just watched. That's and the it thing. It finishes go, like a film. It's brilliant. It's time to absorb it almost, isn't it? Yeah. It is, it is. And they do yeah. the same. Do a similar thing with Orange is the New Black because that doesn't, that doesn't rush. No. I suppose with, say, Ripper Street, because it came from the TV and it's going back to the TV, yeah. they had to keep it within You've got, the yeah. same confines. Yeah, or, or it'll know, be... Just really, it's a really fe- weird thing to have noticed, but how wonderful opening credits are. Yeah, it, I, th- I think they do, a, they do a superb job, even with the... Uh, especially with the you know the House of Cards introduction, I think it's I think it's brilliant. It it's um, one of the uh, let's Bosch is let's, better. All I can say is visually really? is well. Bosch is so excited. I was so excited as a photographer, right? And the way they've done it, I was looking at that going. That is, I would be so proud of that visually. Yeah, it's on my it's on my to do list. Um, it's okay, Bosch. but fire it up. Even if you're going to watch it on your iPhone, fire it up on your big Samsung HD TV yeah. just to watch the opening credits to start off. No, oh, we'll do. We'll do. Um, the last thing on my list, I nearly forgot about it, but it, it is um, it is superb. Speaking of uh, made for made for streaming, um, it's it's the man in the high castle. Uh, it was it's a pilot that was um, that was put. On uh, on one of, one, one of Amazon's pilots, and it came out on July on J- January the fifteenth, twenty fifteen, and uh, it was recommended by uh, Scott Johnson, who's who does the uh, does the morning stream podcast, and uh, he was waxing lyrical about this thing, and I thought, well, I, I have seen it advertised, I really, but I probably ought to watch it, and it's um it's it's based on a based on the novel of the same name, The Man in the High Castle, um, by Philip K. Dick, um, the same guy who did. Um, did Blade Android's Dream. Do, do Android's Dream Electric, Electric Sheet, which, of course, was made into Blade Runner. Um, and uh, basically, the Wikipedia article says the Man on High Castle is an American alternate history television series produced by Amazon Studios. The series is based on the 1962 novel of the same name by American science fiction writer Philip K. Dick. The story is an alternate history of the world in which the Axis powers won World War II. The United States has been divided into three parts. The Japanese puppet state of the Pacific States of America, um, with compromises, um, which compromises the former United States west of the Rocky Mountains, uh, a Nazi puppet state uh, that compromise uh, that comprises the eastern half of the former United States, and a neutral zone that acts as a buffer between the two areas called the Rocky Mountain states. Um, very thick under undertones of this were I, th- I thought were amazing. It, it really, it really does need to be. Really does need to be watched to be to be believed. It's um, the the overall production value is 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 amazing. I mean, it's the first Amazon production I've actually watched um, that was actually that was actually any good. I think um, it's it's very well acted. It's uh, there's a, a, among among other people that uh, Rufus Sewell is in it. Uh, he's actually at the bottom of the cast list, although he's one of the one of the main people in it. Um, and it's 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 one of the executive producers is Ridley Scott, uh, and that doesn't surprise. He's me getting actually. around, isn't he? He is getting around. He's as I say, he's probably you know he's working as much as he can. Um, it's it, it, the, the overall look and feel. There's a lot of green screen in it. 
and I think that adds to the overall look and feel because it it um it, it's it's slightly sort of hyper real when you look at it because uh, it's it's all it's kind of saturated in a certain way and it's and it's it's made to look like you know sort of the mid the mid sixties because it, it takes place in nineteen sixty two um, but it's it's an interesting an interesting idea I mean there's there's a there's a lot of you know oh the Nazis won the Second World War let's write a story about it. Um, there are a lot of stories like that, but I, th- I think this is this one is you know if 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 you want to watch a story like that, it's 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 this is a, a very good production of it, and of course it's been picked up for a new series as well. So, oh. uh, so yeah. I mean, I did watch it on your recommendation. Mm. Now, firstly, I'd say he was very well acted, incredibly well acted. He's very well put together. Do you know the brother, uh, the boyfriend, uh, the one that um, I don't want to give it away. The boyfriend, uh, were, they were worried because he, uh, he had a Jewish grandfather. Now, he was a very, very main character in the village. He was an English boy. Yes, of course. Yeah, it's a very, I was like, looking at him thinking, uh, he's not, I couldn't place him. And I was thinking, he's not in the right place. He's not in the right, because of the accent, obviously. And I was just, it took me ages to work out who he was. Um, the whole thing, I would probably go as far as it, it shook me a bit mm. it shook me a bit more than I was expecting I don't know, it wasn't the violence of it, yeah, it was violent but it wasn't gratuitously violent it was just it very very quickly got really under my skin and under my psyche and I was like I can, I, I, you know what, I think I probably will watch it when it comes out but <clears throat> I think I think they did the right thing by putting out this one with a really good gap between putting out the pilot and then putting out the full series. Because I think you need to absorb this. Yeah. Because I've got a feeling the full series is going to be hard. And you need to sort of be prepared. So this was like the preparation so you could, um, you know, think about it, okay, uh, get your head around it and then come back to it. But there's a nuance going through this, which is really interesting. And the nuance is... The man in the high castle, now the nuance is, did they really win the war? Or is this some major, major, major con? You know, and that's what's running through it, and that's the interesting part mm. for me. You're like, everyone's assuming that black is white. And I've got a really strong, I've never read the book, and I've actually not... Because I, I decided I probably was going to carry on. I didn't want to follow the book. Yeah, I think I'm now, I'm now actively avoiding the book. I think there's an enormous twist somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Because if there isn't, I'd get to the end and be really annoyed that there wasn't an enormous twist. But I've just got a feeling there is, and that might be what makes it ultimately worth watching. Yeah, uh, it, 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 it's, it's stuck with me for quite a long time. I was thinking back to it. It stuck with me, but not in a pleasant way, which no. isn't bad. That isn't bad for a story. But sometimes stories are there to make you think a little bit more deeply than other stories anything that makes you think I think yeah I mean this one certainly does you can't walk away from this and go oh well I'll, I'll go and have a box of chocolates and uh, quite. think about something else yeah and it's not the gratuity of it which is the interesting thing mm. it's it's all psychologically under your skin yeah. And, um, yeah you know it's just silly little things like that obviously got a bit of video of Hitler and they're giving him white hair and various things to sort of say he's still alive but he's getting old and they're worried about girls and Goering who's going to take over yeah, 
yeah. and that shook me right to the core. Yeah. It's the idea of Hitler not having died at that point absolutely shook me. It's an interesting, yeah. It it's is. interesting and scary. And like I say, now I've absorbed it. Because when I originally spoke to you, I said I really didn't like it. But it wasn't the program I didn't like. I didn't like the effect it had on me. But now I've had time to absorb it and digest it. I'm like, okay, I think I'm over that almost shock of yeah. how deeply affected me. And now I'm really interested to see how I know in my heart that we will win at the end. Yes. <laughs> well, that's the thing you can always. That's the thing you can always. Um, I don't want to spoil it by reading the book. No, no, that's the that's the thing. With all of the, it, it kind of it, it's almost as if it makes it okay to to explore these. Uh, yeah, exactly. These little these these little theories. So yes, it we, we everything everything went in the right direction in the end. But yeah. let's let's examine let's examine what could have happened possibly. I just hope it's not going to be a seven series thing because I can't think I could take that much. No, no, quite. <laughs> Maybe a couple, and then we'll <laughs> a take, couple of series. You know, yeah. Right, that's too much now. Stop. Indeed, indeed. Right, well, Alex, let's let's move on to your um, let's move right, on to your okay, list. Okay, so. uh, right, we've said that one. Mm-hmm. Russ is no, Tone's going to say that one. Right, yeah. let's just go straight on to here, funny <laughs> enough. Now, he's come up about three times in this show, and it's absolutely coincidence, right? But I bought, during the week, because I've got the book, and I've got to admit, I, I took the book off the shelf, and I went, you know what, I'm too tired for this. Uh, it's a big book. I actually downloaded Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? And it's just absolutely coincidence, because first of all, we talked about... Now, I think what made it, to me is the the idea of a Blade Runner sequel and I saw that about a week ago I mentioned it to you mm-hmm. mm. and I think I think it just stuck in my head and all week long I was thinking you know what I really want to read the Android Dream of Electrician again and then I was thinking oh no but that's a bit of a tome I'm not sure I can handle that and I've got about four books on the go at the moment anyway anyway so I thought all oh, your book you know what it's like nine and a half hours or something. Yeah, they're they're long things. Yeah, and I was like, okay, well, I mean, I'm I I sort of try and put it on at time where I'm not going to fall asleep. You know, you know, in the car or whatever, because I know I can listen to an hour of it, and then I will pick up an hour of it, and it's great. But you know, so this is um, a Philip K. Dick book, which was I mean, he subtitled Blade Runner anyway, originally, isn't it? And um, so this is the book that Blade Runner was made into which has now come up about three times, and then he's, he so happens that he's the one that also wrote The Man in High Castle. It's an awful lot of coincidences. It's think. the Philip K. Dick episode, this, isn't it? Yeah, it certainly is. <laughs> Phil, as we like him. <coughs> Excuse me. Anyway, um, as you've already mentioned, the they must have extrapolated quite a few nuances to make Blade Runner out of it. But there's some... It's just... There's a... Again, it's a darkness. There's a darkness of thought that Philip K. Dick could write that leaves you... I mean, it all starts off in a funny way. It all starts off with the fact that his father-in-law left him sheep. And this is after some massive Armageddon-type thing, uh, which is only in, meant to be in about three years' time, start, uh, coincidentally. It's about 2018 in the book, right? Um, and there's very few animals left. And people have, you can get a dog or a cat or something, but people are trying to have big animals as pets. So um, 
he, his father-in-law, who then had a bit of money, I think he moved to the country or moved out of the city, gave him a sheep. And, he, and his sheep died of well, a tetanus, I think it was. So he went to one of these people, which if you're remembering what the Blade Runners were, they were replicants. So he went to one of these people to get a replicant sheep. And it's all about, it all starts on about how these things are real, but they're not real. And life is real, but it's not real. It's all replicated and it's not real. And he's a, he is someone that, because the, the, I mean, if you remember the original, uh, the original, the Blade Runner film, there are a load of replicants that have been made because they can go and fight on uh, other planets where the atmosphere isn't quite right and all the rest of it. They're super able to be warriors and whatever. But some of them want to come back. Some of them want to come to Earth. And his job is, if they come back to Earth, to wipe them out because they're no longer needed because the war is over. And it's all very... It's... It, <laughs> It's brilliant, it's depressing, it's exciting, it's sad. There's no there's no high point to it at all. A bit like another Philip K. Dick story that we've it, already it, spoken about, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. Everything, I mean, a man must have been depressed beyond belief, but it's, it's so brilliantly written, and the imagination is frightening, and there isn't any positivity, but it's not supposed to be. And it takes you to a really dark place, but it takes you to a dark place where it's, it almost feels safe to be. It's, it's, I mean, I'm not selling this book, but if you want to read something, because I have read it before, if you want to read something that really just constantly makes you think and also makes you quite glad of your own reality rather than the reality that he portrays. I mean, I know you always go, oh, you know, we're going to have... What is it you say? Hoverboards and flying cats yeah. or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> this is basically, go back a bit further, this is his interpretation of what we will be getting now. So what I can say is, the world is not as crappy a place as he thought it would be. And that's quite, yeah. in my idea, I'm quite <laughs> relieved. Right, now last week, through the humiliation of being the only one that actually watched anything that was on any of the Oscars, um, I've continued to try and watch things that were on the, the, the Oscar list. And the first one I watched, so I'm really asthmatic tonight, so please ignore that. Uh, I watched Whiplash. Uh, I shall read you the IMDb. A promising young drummer enrolls at a cutthroat music conservatory where his dreams of greatness are mentored by an instructor who will stop at nothing to realise a student's potential. It's, it's not like fame, I'll put it that way. <laughs> um... And for that, we can be thankful. Yeah, well, I quite liked it. It was good. Leroy. No, yeah, yeah, back yeah, in you know. the day. Now, um, it's got some fantastic drumming in it. It's got some really, really strong characters. Um, the guy that plays, I'm trying to find out which one he is, the guy that plays the uh, the teacher, uh, J.K. Simmons. J.K. Simmons, yeah. I've got a thing in his English, isn't he? I don't know if I'm making that up. He is frightening. I tell you what, if he, he, he was scary as hell. Um, you know, oh, talking about make you jump. Um, he played it really good. And to be honest, there's only two main characters that matter, him and um, as Fletcher and Andrew, who was played by Miles Teller, who's the, the young drummer. And there's lots of people that play around them. But their relationship, um, he's pushing him and pushing him and pushing him. 
But at no point is there any kindness. You know, normally you see these things and it's like a, um, you know, he, he's trying to push him. And tr- and, but at the end, they're like, yes, 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 yes. I did it for your own good and all the rest of it. There's a so, let up at some point. Yeah. I mean, there is a finale to this, but the finale is, yeah, it's a little bit Hollywood, the finale, but it's not in the way that you'd normally get out of these films. You know, the and it's just, you know, I found it quite hard, actually, because I thought, the guy's psychotic. You know, <laughs> I mean, honestly, I mean, if you analyse him, the guy's a psychopath. Um, and the drummer is almost, he's, in a funny way, he's almost psychotic himself in the way that you put himself through this for... It's, it's strange. It's interesting. It's it's still better than Birdman, right? It's still a better film. It's still better acted. It's still a better storyline. Still more going on in it. But um, I mean, my 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 son, who's a drummer, a bit like you, he's a guitarist and a drummer. But you're a guitar uh, drummer and a guitarist, right? Um, he was saying that him, him and his friend don't want to go and watch this, and I was sort of thinking. I'm not sure you do. Because if you want to go and watch this as a drumming film, you might decide to just carry on with a guitar. <laughs> you might drop drums. Um, <clears throat> anyway, I, I, it's not one of these. Did I enjoy it? I don't know. Was it worth watching? Yes. Did I enjoy it? Not sure. Okay, that's, that's a weird... It's a rather odd set of media you've chosen this week, isn't it? All very it's just what I've been doing. Yeah. Okay, now, most importantly, and definitely, apart from the fact that I've got the wrong blooming page up, but I've now got the right page up, right? I watched The Theory of Everything, okay, which is the one out of the whole list of all the Oscars I've wanted to watch. Now, you remember I said the Benedict Cumberbatch, um, The Imitation Game? You remember I said that was probably the best film I'd seen for a long time? This made... This knocked that into a, a, what did they say, a cocked hat. (laughs) This film (laughs) left me, I was dumbfounded by how good this film was. And it makes my absolute hatred of Birdman complete. Birdman was okay, okay, it was okay. I had got no reason to hate it, other than the fact that Eddie Redmayne, yeah, he should have won this award, no doubt. But the film should have won the award. A seven Oscars for best film. You should, you know, it was that much better, that much better than Birdman. It, the uh, Eddie Redmayne's acting is, it's extraordinary. You see him turning. You, you see him changing. You, you know, you see him turning into Stephen Hawking. You know, he looks a bit. He's made up to look like Stephen Hawking. But you see his progression through the illness. Yeah, and there's not a second where you're thinking, "Oh, that's Eddie Redmayne playing Stephen Hawking." And there was times where I was utterly, oh, I was destroyed by it. I was destroyed by this illness, right? And then he brought out, he brought out something that I, I believe Stephen Hawking has. He brought out this. It was. Stephen Hawking is not just who he is today because of he, he's a brilliant man. And it's not just because he's a brilliant man and we feel bad because he's in the wheelchair and, and you know, he, he's, you know, very, very unable to move, etc., etc. It's because there's a... Stephen Hawking has this amazing personality that without being able to move, 
without being able to speak, without being able to do anything, he can still give mm. us an amazing personality. Yeah. And this film shows you how, why. And it, it's so utterly, utterly unbelievable that you can be taken on that journey. And I look at Stephen Hawkins in the, I understand why I think he's a great man. And I never understood why before. I just thought he was. And the acting was utterly, utterly, I, I, I can't sort of go into detail how much, how utterly amazing the acting was. I mean, Felicity Jones, I mean, she's not particularly well known. She was extraordinary. I tell you what, um, Maxine Peake, who's one of my very favourites, was in it. And I thought, yeah, Maxine Peake, who I think is uh, an absolute consumer actress, and she was great, and she was about the 15th best in the film. Hmm. You know, there was 15 other people that blew her off the stage. And I know that the part she played was as good as you could play, but the and there was, it, it is, it is heartwarming. It was heartwarming. It makes you, honestly, you, you'd have to be as hard as stone not to get a tear in your eye. You'd have to be, you'd have to be rock. You know, and you'd also have to be rock not to feel uplifted by it because it's, I mean, Eddie Redmayne, I, I, I don't know if I've ever seen him in a film before, but if he was going to now do, play Cinderella, I'd go and watch it. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I, I was, I've not been blow, blown away by a, a performance. You remember, I don't know you remember, um, My Left Foot, it was, um, Oh, the Irish guy, and I can't remember his name. I would mention it the other day, and of course I could remember it because I can't now. Um, I haven't got time to look it up. Um, I think he won an Oscar for playing a, um, a paraplegic or something. I can't remember now. He might have just been to say, I can't remember. But this was, it was extraordinary. There's no other words for this. I mean, like I said, I really thought The Imitation Game was a good film. And I thought... Benedict Cumberbatch, he did act really well. And when I saw the Oscars, I was a bit disappointed that Benedict Cumberbatch never got anything. But he never looked like he expected to get anything, or he almost looked like he never wanted to get anything. Because he'd seen Eddie Redmayne's performance, and he probably knew it would be an absolute disgrace if anyone else had won it <laughs> other than Eddie Redmayne. Yeah. And uh, I, I, all I can say is categorically... Um, even if you don't know Stephen Hawking, but if you do know Stephen Hawking, just watch this film. It will be, it will be one of your films. I don't know if it's going to go into people's top ten films because it's, it's a biopic, you know, and it's not a biopic about somebody like you know Muhammad Ali where you're going to win awards and people are going to remember it because of who the biopic was about. You know, this is, it's just extraordinary. You just watch it and tell me otherwise. That's all I can say. And I'm going to shut up now and go away. Sorry there for waffling. Fair enough. Fair enough. Right. Well, thank you for that, Alex. Uh, Tone, what is on your list? Now, I can see that there are two things that are on the... the, the, the where, where yours and Alex's lists intersect, let's say. Yes. Yeah, certainly. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, I do want to go briefly back to Top Gear as well before I start on this. Uh, just for the Gillian Anderson sort of segment in it. Yeah. <laughs> That was a. I've not seen that side of Gillian Anderson in interviews or anything no, before. No, it it's as if she. Could, it's she as if she really wanted to be there. more different. I've never heard her with that accent. Have you not? 
Oh, no. it's, it's, I remember the first time I saw of, her on, first time I saw her interview, which was on So Graham Norton back in, back in ah. either the late 90s or the early noughties, I kind of thought to myself, hang on a minute, she's speaking with an English accent and she's talking yeah. about, she's talking about budgins. She's lived yeah. here for, she's, must yeah. be 25 years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, she was born, she was born here born, and raised yeah. for a bit here and then she moved to the States. You do know that I used to work with her, don't you? Yes. Well, yeah, you, okay. you told us, yeah. Yeah, I mean, but I... I didn't even know Gillian Anderson at first. Mm. I mean, she looked nice and she looked vaguely familiar. Mm. And I'd sort of recognised her name. Yeah. And I was I like, recently tried to watch The X Files. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And I was like, Blimey, but you're Canadian. Mm. She was like, Well, not really. I was no. like, No, you're not, are you? And I mean, she's left. She's not no longer married to the man she was married to and living where she was living. And he, exactly. was, and yeah. he was in the arts, which is why I originally, yeah, no, whatever. But yeah. Don't surprise me. Can I just tell you something about Top Gear? Mm. I watched about 20 minutes of it out of absolute kindness to you lot. Yes. And then I just went, I can't take it anymore. <laughs> but I tried. Mm. Well, right, And I've come to the conclusion that as a program, it was all right. I just, yeah. oh, you know what? It's, it's not same, for you. It's just too infantile. And it's because it's the same joke week in, week out. And if I can't get away with that, nor can anyone else. Yeah. Fair enough. Ah, so there, there we find the root of your jealousy. Some, someone got to that idea first. But yeah. I did, I did, I did, I did watch a bit. I thought it was quite interesting when he was introducing. Um, was it Alexis? The yeah, the Alexis. And he was just, something just bad mouth the hell out of it. And I was thinking that's not much of a car show. And then he started talking about this other version that was really good. And I thought, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, well, it's like the previous version about what it become. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so I did yeah, try. They, I did try. So don't don't ever say I don't try at least. Yeah, but yeah, that that whole that whole interview just surprised me. I mean, especially with how how much they had to bleep out of what she was saying. Yes, <laughs> at Clarkson, it's like you're playing him at his own game almost in some ways. Brilliant yeah, to watch. Yeah. She's about yeah. two foot one as well. She is. Yeah, yeah she is tiny. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, very good fun that. Yeah, um, and then you know, returning to my proper list. Um, you know, um, Uncle, uh, last couple of episodes of that, it's sort of escalated quite a lot. <laughs> you know, uh, they bring back characters from the first series, but you know, they could have done it in a way where it was a throwaway thing, but there is actually a point to them being there, quite. Yeah, yeah, um, I think this was the best episode so far. Yes, yes, the um, the prom, wasn't it, where they were all sort of dressed up in different costumes. It's amazing how they can still embarrass me, though. <laughs> I was just like, I'm a grown-up. I shouldn't be embarrassed, but I'm still embarrassed. So, yeah. yeah. It's like you know, nobody recognising, you know, the Blue yeah, Brothers. What was, what was some of the things they were mistaken for? Men in Black, um, Matrix, Agent Neo, you know. Yeah, and he was having to play along, wasn't he? Going, yeah, 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 that's right. That's where I am. And then at the end, the one that he ends up clashing with. Yeah, know, the one he actually likes. And yeah. he actually, see, the thing about this episode is he tried to grow up and say, no, I'm going to do the right thing. Yeah. I'm going to do the it, right it thing. And then it fell apart, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it horribly <laughs> fell apart. Yeah. But that, that's also, you saw the different side to the other characters, you know, like uh, Melody oh, especially. Every, everything was role reversal in this show. Oh, God, yes. And it was <laughs> it was fantastic. I mean, I mean, they had um, Errol's, you know, crush from the first series back in as well, you know, even... Well, that was nice, wasn't it? She seems to, she might, might be interested. Yeah. But then she said, oh, but this is the reason, you know... Yeah, I don't want to get beaten up by your bodyguards. <laughs> yeah. 
which is which is just fantastic, you know. And you had the body, the bodyguard, for want of a better term, going up against the bully from the first. I know it's 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 working well. It's really yeah, working. well. It's really building building nicely. You know, there's a you know, I mean, there was a sort of plot going through in the first series, you know, and then you know, it's like them them other two was um, secretly messing with each other, trying to keep it all quiet. Oh, been caught, didn't they? <laughs> yeah. That was that was also every every way it went wrong was just so perfect. Yeah. It was you know so well written the way they did it. The kids are already good actors, actually. Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. I, I'm going to go back and you know, watch this. I've, um, I should have the DVD coming when that comes out because I pre-ordered that. Right. Of the first series, yeah. It's just too short. I know. I mean, I know we go oh six is it's normally six. But now we're getting spoiled with Netflix or whatever dropping to, I don't know, how many episodes are there of House of Cards? 22, 24, something like that. All right, that. so they're dropping 22 yeah. episodes on the dot. Are you going, hold on, you're giving me six episodes over six weeks. Uh, this isn't yeah. enough. Yeah, drop, drop me six in one go, yes, maybe. Yeah, and then do that every week. <laughs> <laughs> well, every week for a month and all that, you go, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I mean, I mean, in that last one, it even went back, because there was that whole point where... Was it the first one where he couldn't write, so he had writer's block, so there was no musical bit, really? Right, yeah. And then you had this one where it was like the seven, the song about seven minutes in heaven. Yes, that was quite... It's just, just perfect, you know. These, these are all songs I would buy an, a separate album of, you know, a, a tie-in album. Well, <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd get locked in the cupboard he got locked in. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> but yeah, it was... Yeah, okay. I love the line when she said uh, something like, um, um, "Everyone thinks I'm prim and proper, and I want Mister Right, but you know my life is actually a, a living hell. And as you're already there, you're perfect." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was like, "Oh, how it's just like beauty. It's like the most unnatural, perfect relationship. Mm. It's quite funny, and you wouldn't have seen that coming from oh no." Like, Portrayed in any of the... She looks like, and she actually dressed like Snow White. Yes. And I was like, you got Snow... Yeah, that was... Snow White having a nervous breakdown in the cupboard. It was quite interesting. (laughs) Yeah. And then then even at the end, it's like, oh... Yeah, when when he goes, oh, next year I'm doing Ghostbusters as a... a Yeah, I thought you'd enjoy that one. It's like, like, yeah, you're going to... You know, he says to the kid, it's like, you're going to be Harold Ramis, you know. (laughs) He's a smart one, you know. Yeah, there was someone else. I'm, I'm Bill Murray, of course, you know. Yeah, exactly. There <laughs> was then, another what, one. Was it Bruce about, yeah, Bruce about Winston? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, just, yeah. It's funny. I watched that bit and I went, oh, I really, I nearly tweeted you. Then I thought, if you aren't watching it live, I, I might spoil no. So I decided not to, just That's in probably case. Probably a good choice, that. Yeah. I mean, even, even. Unlike you and F1, that gives a running commentary yourself. Yeah. I mean, even, yeah, quite. even last week, I thought. <laughs> sort of late and you know still i watched that and something else and it was like yeah that was two really good bits of you know but yeah you know, last strong strong episodes hopefully building you know i mean I the last remember where they left it at the last series though uh, it was oh, no, yeah it was, a, it was an anti-climax though wasn't it yeah, it was the point where, oh, they could have continued it or they could have stopped there. Yeah, well, I don't want an anticlimax this time. I want some, you know. 
I think you, can trip, you can trip him up next season if you want, but give him something. Go on. Yeah, I think I think they know it's more likely to continue this time round. Did you ever see the um, the pilot of it? No, because that was on quite recently. So an iPlayer, and uh, it was the same as the first episode, but there was different actresses in it. Oh, okay. Um, and it was really interesting, and uh, I mean, I quite like the girl that plays his ex. Now the one the, the you know the blonde violent one, <laughs> yeah, the, the, that was a different. There was quite a few different actors and actresses in it, and it was really quite interesting to see the s- different people saying the same lines, but absolutely nuanced, perfectly the same. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> and you see if you can find that because it was it was quite good. Yeah, it was really weird to watch it in the wrong order though, because yeah. I watched the pilot after I'd seen the first series, and I went, but that's. I'm- not her and him and him and her, but they're saying the same things. How does that yeah. work? I wonder if that will be on the DVD set. Probably, that probably will be actually. Probably. Yeah. Kind of thing yeah. put on, isn't it? I mean, I mean, yeah, but you get it all on one DVD. It's so short. Yeah, <laughs> the yeah. whole series it, is only three hours. Yeah, three hours. Brilliant. Lovely. It, it's worked for every series of Red Dwarf that was that stayed at that length. When it got a bit longer, yeah, that's when. It kind of went out the window, but yeah. Um, next on my list, uh, I finally got around to it. I've had this one for a while. Um, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Oh, right. Uh, yeah, the sequel to Rise of. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was a good way to continue what they'd done. The good work started, but I, th- I think I expected it to be more, you know, we've, we've had the Alien and Aliens comparison earlier, you know, sort of first one was the you know, a totally different type of story. The second one was all guns blazing action. I was kind of expecting that of this. And I think that's where it let it down. Cause there was that whole, there was a promise of, Oh, Oh, it's going to be a big ape human conflict. Mm. And it kind of was, but you know, there's even points where they're going, you know, see that, you know, the main character is going, apes do not want war, but we will fight, you know, sort of thing. I avoided this because I watched, <laughs> whatever it was, that Planet of the Apes thing. Yeah. And as the person, you know, as I saw the original one, yeah, I thought, this is horrible. This is rubbish compared to Planet <laughs> of the Apes. It was just like, what, what's this got to do with Planet of the Apes? This has got to do with drug testing. Yeah. It's, 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 I don't know how you can possibly, if they'd have called it something completely different and not made me think it was a remake of the original film, I could have watched it. That's, that's the thing. It's, uh, it's it nothing more, to do with the original film. It's more prequel, isn't it? I mean, it's, I mean, in the original sort of five, was it five films they did? You started with, you know, the Charlton Heston, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's about the only you, thing I ever managed to watch Charlton Heston in and not want to yeah. shoot him myself. So. But then, <laughs> But then in the other films, that's where you got the backstory of how we reached that. Yes, I know. It's this just... is kind of trying to tell more of that story, but from almost like what they've done with Star Trek, you know, rebooting it almost, but starting from the wrong point. Yeah, I mean, it, to me, yeah. to me, it just didn't didn't yeah. work at all. Yeah, but I mean, I, 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 I saw I saw a bit of. I don't know what I saw on Door on the Planet of the Apes. Would I have seen it on Netflix or something, or would it have been on a DVD? Uh, I saw it on DVD. I don't think it was on. I'm sure I saw some of it. it might have been on Amazon. It might have been. Well, I don't know why I saw it, and I remember thinking this is this is worse than the thing I didn't like. Mm. Didn't they sort of all end up on, over like San Francisco Bridge or something, and they all ended up in some like yeah. a, 
I don't know if it was a forest or it was a. They yeah. took over some area and it was just weird. And yeah, that's what this was. It was the yeah you know, where the apes had taken over that. Yeah, area. I saw yeah. some of it and it was just like just like a mess. And it, human versus. It ape. felt like a it, it felt was, like a stopgap movie to you know a full it was like of, WWF with time. humans versus apes. It was just it, it was uh, <laughs> yeah yeah. It was like all out just throwing cars at each other type thing. Yeah, there were points where it was like yeah, even even armored cars. Yeah. yeah, it was just a bit silly, and I thought, you know what? I, nah. I, yeah. But uh, yeah, I enjoyed sure, the I, I Go and polish my nasal hairs or something. It'd be more accessible. <laughs> yeah. I enjoyed the originals more. I enjoyed Rise more. But I hope there is another one to sort of follow on from. Round it all out. Yeah, because it did lay down. It kind of leaves off. It's kind of like the second Matrix film where it leaves off, but you know there is going to be a third one. And I hope there is a third one, even though this one wasn't so good. The second Matrix film really did ruin the Matrix. The first one, yeah. Yeah, it ruined the first one. The third yeah. one kind of I really did, kind of was the it, last few nails into the coffin, really. Yeah, I always kind of think of it, you know, the effects improved, the plot line went downhill. <laughs> quite, quite considerably. Don't you find yeah. that if you've seen, say, a sequel and it's rubbish, I, I don't want to now see anything that comes next? But the the thing is with the Matrix sequels, it couldn't have the Matrix couldn't have gone more downhill if you'd attached wheels to it faster. <laughs> you know, yeah, it, 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 yeah. Oh, it was dreadful. It well, makes me angry to think about it. <laughs> so let's, let's take it all too personally, friend. Yeah. Oh, I certainly do. Yeah. So yeah, yeah like I say, um, it, it did leave me hoping there's going to be a third one just to wash the taste out, <laughs> almost because I was. I've, off the basis of Rise, I was expecting this to be better. Yeah. 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 Uh, my last pick, um, it's a arcade game on the Xbox One. Yeah. That might that might sound kind of, you know, contradictory, but... Gamey. Called, yeah. I'd say it's called IDOB. It's more of a sort of, you know, old-style arcade platform thing where you're... It's, it's almost like a game of football across... Many different levels of platform. <laughs> a bit like 3D chess or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you can have, oh, it's uh, extremely colourful, you know, back to the theme of the Atari game, I suppose. <laughs> it's got that sort of colour scheme, th- those sort of sprites, although you can sort of have your own little sprite creator. Um, you know, so you can create your own little characters. Um, but it is basically a game of get a ball to a goal across many different platforms. You've got an opponent doing the same thing, or you can play against a computer. Either way, it's fun. It's very fast-paced, very bright, very colourful. Um, there's even the inclusion, hence the hashtag in the title of it. Um, you can actually tweet, and it, it ends up causing random events in the game. Oh, God, it's <laughs> it's got Twitter like integration. Brilliant. Yeah. There was there was one point where I was rickrolled because somebody hashtagged <laughs> something. So yeah, it, but it made it you know uh, you know so so much fun. You know, it brings back that sort of spirit of it's a, you know again nostalgia eighties you know Atari. Uh, but you know, made me smile even when I was losing badly. <laughs> and that that's you know not the kind of thing you'd normally expect on the Xbox One. But that's good. Is that the Xbox One K? <laughs> it might as well be with this game. Uh, yeah. 
But I do, I do also still play GTA and things like that. Excellent. Excellent. What you need is this new NVIDIA thing. It'll be super duper. You do. You need the new NVIDIA box to to really to really stream those games. That's that's what'll do it for you, Tone. That's the one. Excellent stuff. Right. That that, my friends, is two shows. Sh- what? Two shows. <laughs> two shows. Well, it, it, I started the recording early, and then the counter in Cubase now says two hours and eleven minutes. So really, it is a show standard length for us, really. Well, you know, if you've got the enough quality to fill up this time, I think you should do it. Indeed, I've had. A Why fan- deprive people of any even more of this wonderful month? I've Wonder- had wonderful month, wonderment. No, I like Wonderful Man. Wonderful Man. See, Wonder Man is too short for us. We need to put a little bit extra. (laughs) It's full of mint. (laughs) Wonder, excitement, and uh, wonder. Indeed. Indeed. Well, it's... uh, With mints. With mints, yeah. I could use a mint, actually. Um, That's a show. That's brilliant. I've enjoyed myself. I hope you two have as well. And and for us, 50 million listeners... Three times? I hope it wasn't too bad, because there was a point I... I, um, left the room i managed to turn the monitor dial down and not the main dial and i was thinking i was answering some questions to my little boy and i was thinking i came back and I realized that the mic was on and i didn't turn it all down didn't so i don't hear anything didn't oh, hear anything at all i may have been rabbiting away so i may have oh as long as you two were talking about some game or something I think. well there we go there we go it only remains for me to ask you two gentlemen where we can find you tone where can we find you in your business sir Shall I, shall I push the boat out and get my Twitter handle right this week? Please do. Please do. Yeah, it's, it's Tone7x20 on, on the Twitter, and not any old, any former handles. Fantastic. You ought, to go, you ought to go around registering all the ones that you may accidentally say, and then you can, uh, you can forward them on. Yeah, so I can never be wrong. Yeah, you will never be wrong. It'll be Tone something, something, something. There you go. Yeah. Excellent stuff. So thank you very much. Alex. Where can we find you? You think I'm going to get this wrong? You haven't got the video on, have you? No. Uh, so I'm not reading this at all. <laughs> at Very British View. There we go. There you go. Did you like my new avatar? I changed it. I took a, a better picture of the moon last night. You did? Yeah. I, I saw uh, a... Um, it, it, you said it was almost full or something like that. It, no, this was all... Uh, waxing gibbous. As the, yeah. So this this yeah. was the fact that... this To get lunar photography as a single shot, is actually really difficult mm. to get it right with multiple shots is you know and, well not anyone can do it but if you've got the equipment it's quite easy but i really want to try and get as close to perfect single shot picture of the moon mm. and last night it was really close so i put excellent. that as my avatar excellent stuff well i mean if you try actually shooting the moon and get it actually reasonably big in the viewfinder you got you got to get on with it because that well, thing, that you know, thing, it's an eight hundred mil lens. It didn't hurt. That the moon, the moon. If you're looking at it closer, that thing does not shift. Oh, tell me about it. Yeah, but when you've got something <laughs> with a big enough aperture, then you can shoot the moon at, um, handheld. <laughs> oh dear yeah, me! It's it's it's. <laughs> now that's the whole thing. I want to try and do a handheld long lens. Um, <clears throat> you know, it's the point. Like I say, you can stick on a tripod and giving it. Half a second, if you want. Mm. But. You want to get one of those, um, one of those uh, big um, telescopes that you can hook up a Raspberry Pi to, and it'll actually. Well, track, actually, track this the is planet. what this started all off of. I've got my um, Newton telescope over there. All right, it's over there because no one's over looking, there. but it's yeah. over right over there. 
I can see it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I did have, I spent an awful lot of money getting all the right team mounts and all the rest of it. And no matter what I did, I just can't. The new, I basically need a new telescope, but I'm not going to spend another two grand just to get a picture of the moon. I'm better off spending another two grand on a lens, which I might use for something else. Yes. Um, friend of mine at work got a, a, a remarkably recognisable picture of Saturn with his phone <laughs> pointed, <laughs> putting it up to the because he had he got something like a, a you know an automated te- a telescope that that tracks planets oh, as they go, yeah. and he and he just he just happened to stick his his phone on a um, uh, phone through the viewfinder and yeah. it worked. No, I did. A, I did. It a wasn't few an Olio clip, was it? No, 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 I did a few of those recently when, right. with my phone. Yeah, that I just I put on like a four mil something eyepiece. I can't remember. It was. I think it was four mil, and I just sort of stuck my phone on it. I didn't even really look through it. I just pointed it roughly, and it was one of the best pictures. Except for I got that elliptical bit around the edge because yeah. I didn't have it exactly in the center. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, oh, you know what? If I've got fifty grand's worth of equipment, I should try and do this properly. Yeah. And I still haven't managed it, but then what? A, a, a podcast for you, Alex, about um, about taking taking <laughs> pictures of various stellar objects. I would listen to that if you did that, sir. Good. <laughs> Indeed. So press yeah, on. That, that happens. <laughs> there you go. Extrapolate that. That's an audience of 2,000 straight away. <laughs> Indeed. Well, you can find me on Twitter at SF Drummer. That's all we have for this show. If you want to get in touch, drop us a line at airwavesshow at gmail.com or you can leave us a comment at the-airwaves.com or you can get to us on Twitter at airwavescast or you can get us on iTunes if you subscribe. Just go into iTunes, do a search for the airwaves and subscribe. That way you will get us in your podcast receiving thing catching every week unless we miss a week uh, we have a Google Plus community if you go to Google Plus of course Google Plus will probably not be staying with us for much longer oh, I hope not it's the best of all of yeah, it is pretty good yeah. uh, but if you go to the communities tab do a search for the airways up we will pop we will return next week with a brand new episode of the airways it'll be gleaming so much it's going to blind you but until then take care everybody cheerio bye bye Oh!